Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. And as a reminder, if you haven't subscribed to the Missy AE podcast, you can do so by going to blogtalkradio.com slash Missy AE, or you can subscribe at any of our major podcast networks, that being iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, and pretty much any other, any major podcast network, more than likely we are listed there. Uh, we have a lot to get to tonight. Uh, first off, obviously, we will discuss a little bit more about the Vince McMahon debacle that is going on right now in professional wrestling. Uh, we have the NFL Conference Finals to discuss, as well as perhaps a season-altering injury to Joel Embiid, which I'm sure is going to definitely draw the – it's definitely going to draw a lot of interest from Philadelphia fans. Uh, we also have some more news in involving the NFL coaching cycle, as well as the MLB offseason to discuss as well. So I kind of figured we would get started off first tonight with some breaking news out of the world of hockey, as we do have two trades to talk about here. Uh, let me bring in Lou, because uh, Lou, this is perhaps maybe the perfect uh, the perfect topic to uh, start off tonight's show uh, to discuss. Yes. We have some big trades that went down in the world of professional hockey this week. Uh First off, with the Vancouver Canucks, they have acquired Elias Lindholm from the Calgary Flames in exchange for uh, Andre Kuzmenko, Hunter Brustewicz, and Joni Germo, as well as a first-round pick this year and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2024. Uh, This Mm. has also been confirmed on the side of the Calgary Flames as well. Uh, Elias Lindholm, you know, he's turned into quite the effective two-way threat across the league, uh, being a part of the Flames organization for the better parts of six seasons. Uh, In a total of 100 or in a total of 418 regular season games, he has scored 148 goals and 357 points in the process. Uh, His best and his best offensive output came during the 2021-2022 season where he scored 42 goals and recorded 82 points in all 82 games played. Uh, This, in my opinion, Lou, is maybe the biggest, maybe the biggest deal that has, uh, that has taken place this past week because the Canucks, are you know they're in the best spot that they've been in since they made the Stanley Cup final in 2011 right where they ultimately ended up losing to the Boston Bruins but exactly uh you know they arguably get perhaps the the top center on the trade market uh in Lindholm and there was a rumor <coughs> excuse me 
that the Boston Bruins were involved uh, involving Elias Lindholm and that a deal was in place. However, Lindholm did not want to sign an extension or they couldn't come to terms, basically, when it comes to uh, extension talks. Why why would he want an extension? Unless he has something uh, wrong, unless he has some kind of vendetta against the team. But I get if they if they couldn't come to agreement, yeah, I would understand that. But just to say, no, nah, I don't want an extension, the hell of that. I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Now, however, though, you know, this uh, he does bring to Vancouver limited postseason experience, uh, mm-hmm. over five full seasons in Calgary. He only took part in three of those seasons in, in when it comes to the postseason. Uh, he scored eight goals and 17 points, as well as a uh, 55.5% success rate off of the faceoff, uh, which is a bit of an improvement over his 53% uh, regular season average throughout his career. Uh, you know, so for a team like Vancouver, who is currently on top of the Pacific Division with 71 points, and actually they're on top of the West in general, uh, yeah. they're on top of the Western Conference, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Vancouver's chances uh, following this deal? I think it's going to make them stronger. You know, look at what they've done so far. I mean, you know, they they haven't <laughs> done well much in um, seasons past. But, this, but now with the trade and the way they're going so far, I think they're making them you know, a much stronger team and a very dangerous team as we now head into the later half later half of the year. So it's not. I mean, I I thought the Jets were going to run away with it. You know, the way they were doing so well. Um, not that long ago, but the Canucks have now put up when they're looking to try and get uh, back to glory. They were again uh, 94 in 2011. So, uh, you know, time will tell. Because the thing is, the thing that always gets me about the trade is that when you trade someone who has been an asset to your team and then you get someone else to come up from it, you know, that, that kind of changes the whole, the whole aspect of, of how your season might go. I mean, one minute you might be on top and television, but then you make this trade, and like, uh, maybe we made a wrong deal here, and now you're sinking down the standings. You know, sometimes, you know, one player, one trade uh, can, change, can change the whole thing. And that's what I'm seeing. Right. I was thinking the same thing when the Rangers um, in 94, they, they traded one of their good players uh, over to Chicago, and I'm like, okay, we were having this great season, look like we can make the Stanley Cup, like, we get this, we get this schmuck. Oh, terrific. Luckily, it didn't turn out that way. And switching uh, gears slightly for a second, back in 1993, early 94, uh, yeah, November 93, the Knicks made a trade to send Derek Harper over to Dallas. Now, the Dallas Mavericks were not a great team at that time. Believe me, they were. They, 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 just, they just suck. And the Knicks were on a roll. Uh, you know, their best season since probably uh, 73. I'm thinking, we're going to get Harper. Okay, our season's going to hell. That's it. We're done. Little did I know that how we were able to come through for us, and we are all the way to the final. We lost against Houston, but at least, you know, it didn't have to be such a bad trade after all. You, you never know. Sometimes it can go in your favor. Other times, it could be a shithole, and your team will suffer, and your team will suffer the rest of the season. Say, like, uh, uh, the Detroit Pistons, who have been awful since day two. So, you know, it, it kind of, you know, can go either way. 
Right. Yeah. It it definitely can go either way depending on on what happens uh, the rest of the season. Yeah. But I think the the one the one way I look at it is this: Calgary right now is well out of a playoff spot in the Western Conference, and yeah. they're looking at it as okay. You know, Elias Lindholm is obviously our greatest asset that we have uh, to trade. What can we get for him in order to satisfy getting rid in order to justify getting rid of him and you know i I mean you just you take a look at the at the players that they've gotten rid of over the past couple of years you know they're clearly headed towards a rebuild and uh you know in all honesty chances are this is definitely going to this is definitely going to transfer over um to when it when it comes to putting together, uh, you know, a rebuilding team, and I mean, you take a look at the players that they got in return. Uh, yeah. You know, Hunter Brustewich is considered to be at, at the time he was drafted, uh, he was considered to be one of the uh, one of the top defensive prospects of that draft. So, you know, they they played or uh, Vancouver paid a pretty hefty price. Yes, for the for for this deal. And as far as Kuzmenko goes, you know, I mean, he's he's having a down season, eight uh, eight goals, thirteen assists. So, you know, that was if anything, that was just uh, that was to justify. Okay, you know, we're get, you're giving us a main roster player. We'll give you a main roster player in return. Uh, so that you you know you may not necessarily have to ruin any of your prospect uh, development by calling them up when, uh, earlier than they should. Now, it's it's funny you mentioned Winnipeg because Winnipeg made a trade of their own this past week, uh, right. trading uh, trading a first round pick in this year's draft to go along with a third round pick in 2027. Uh, which will go to Montreal if the Jets win the Cup this year. And in return, uh, Winnipeg acquired Sean Monaghan, who is having a, uh, I guess you could say, a, uh, a career resurgence uh, ever since the, ever since going to Montreal. And, you know, now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, uh, he adds to that Winnipeg center core uh, as they prepare, because currently they sit third in the central division, which is good enough for a playoff spot right now, uh, comfortably right. about 11 points ahead of of St. Louis. Uh, so th- this just further bolsters uh, their center core heading into the home stretch here. Obviously, once the once the All Star uh, Week festivities wrap up here, uh, what are your thoughts on on Winnipeg uh, bolstering up their center core? You know, Ian, now because I really thought they were going to take it at first, but you know now that Vancouver's catch up, they uh they they got to have to bolster it up. You know, <laughs> want to attention. Right. Doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it seem like it's? Uh, you're, we're almost starting to see a little bit of an arms race here. Like uh, yeah. Vancouver goes out and gets Lindholm, so now 
Winnipeg has to go out and get Monaghan. Literally, the top, the top two centers on this trade market have now all of a sudden been traded uh, within a couple of days of each other. And from what it sounds like, uh, it sounds like there's quite a bit left to go still on here uh, when it comes to potential trade bait on this open market. I mean, just taking a look at some of the other players that are in play, uh, you know, Calgary, they still have to offload Chris Tanev, which they'll probably do. He's a free agent, so, uh, you know, they're going to want to get what they can for him before the season's over. Uh, Some other players that are listed on the market, Vladimir Tarasenko, he's a free agent as well. Sean Walker from Philadelphia, he will be a free agent. Uh, Anybody that's in that's in the defensive market, you know, they'll they'll look to potentially grab a, uh, a righty like Walker or a righty like Chris Tanev. Uh, you know, Jake Allen, he's currently, he has about one year left on his deal, uh, which, so he'll basically be under contract next year. Uh, he is available when it comes to the goaltending market out of uh, Montreal. And, Obviously, Vancouver, they traded away their first rounder, so that's off the table. Uh, Jacob Chitrin is another guy who's listed as available, and he literally was just traded like either last year or the year before. So, you know, right now, there's there's quite a few people on this list that could potentially uh, really benefit a playoff, uh, uh, you know, an ongoing, an upcoming playoff team, so to yeah. speak, depending on on uh, on who ends up being dealt. Uh, you know, j- just looking at some of the players who have already been dealt. You know, Elias Lindholm, Sean Monahan, they were number one and number three on TSN's trade bait list. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko, he was number nine on their trade bait list. And Vancouver's first-round pick was ranked number 11. So, you know, there's still uh, there, there's still a whole bunch of uh, of talent yet to be uh, yet to be dealt here. You know, Adam Henrique, that's another guy you want to talk about centers. Uh, 15 yeah. goals so far this year, uh, and he's a free agent at the end of the year. You know, if there's a team that's in need of a center. Uh, obviously, the thing that's being that's being held back right now is the fact that is you know he's worth 5.8 mil against the cap, so that's kind of affecting teams that wanna that wanna potentially go after him. Uh, right. Jake Gensel, Jake Gensel is another one with 22 goals. You know Pittsburgh having a disastrous season this year uh, yes. for you know for a team that is trying to put together one last run for Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. You know, they go yeah. out and acquire uh, Eric Carlson in the offseason. And, you know, you, you have Jake Gensel, who at the age of 29 is putting up maybe perhaps his best season of his career so far. So yes. odds are you could potentially see him potentially get moved uh, out of Pittsburgh, depending on uh, when it comes leading up to the deadline here, uh, 
where they where they stand because right now they're about let's see 51 points so they're about seven points out of a playoff spot right now mm-hmm. or <clears throat> or five points if you count uh the if you count the uh divisional race they're five points behind philly for the number three spot in the Metropolitan Division. But in terms of the wild cards, they're seven points behind. So uh, they're still, uh, and especially, you know, with uh, John Henry being at the helm of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, everybody, everybody laughs at me. Everybody laughed at me when I said that, uh, enjoy your last few, uh, Enjoy your last few uh, months of Sidney Crosby and of Getty Malkin all on the same roster. But let's be honest, John Henry doesn't like to spend money. Matter of fact, all he wants to do is save money. And if they don't have doesn't a competitive cause, team out there, huh? Doesn't help your cause, does it? Exactly, it doesn't. You know, if 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 you have a team that's that has two bona fide stars like that, and they're not uh, they're not playoff contenders, there's a very distinct possibility you could potentially see one or maybe both of them get moved. I know how sacrilegious it would be to see either of them get moved, considering they've been Pittsburgh Penguins pretty much their entire career. But, you know, ultimately, all Henry cares about is saving money. And considering the contracts that both that both Crosby and Malkin have against the cap, uh, that would be – and plus, not, not to mention, they would get a haul for either one if they were to trade them. Is he like Malkin? Uh, but, How long has he been in the league now anyway? He's been around quite a while now. <laughs> Uh, Malkin, I believe he's one year older than, uh, than Crosby. Yeah, because, uh, Malkin goes I'm back there in the league quite a while now. Yeah, Malkin, let's see, when did he debut in the league? He, he came into the league in 2006, 2007, and actually I think that's the same... No, actually, he came into the league after Crosby. Crosby came in in 05-06. So Crosby was already in the league for a year before right. uh, Malkin ended up coming in. Yeah, it seems like Malkin's been around forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it, definitely, it definitely seems like it uh, in both, yeah. both situations, actually. Um, you know, one player I'm seeing here on this list, uh, considering I know you're a New York Rangers fan, is Capo Caco, yeah. who who hasn't had the season that everybody was hoping he would have, only five goals and six points. Yeah. Now, granted, he's still only 22, but uh, I, rem- I remember discussing this during the offseason yeah. on this podcast. Uh what the Rangers would potentially have to do, uh, whether or not they would 
bring Capo Caco back. And honestly, from the sounds of it, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he get, if, if they just decide to cut bait at this point. I mean, even though he's yeah. only 22, he's not showing the he's not showing the development that he should be showing at this point in his career. Yeah, and despite the fact that he's in first place, Kanko uh, seems to be the weakest uh, part of our part of the team now. So they're gonna have to yeah. you know, with the thing going next month, you know, I think they're gonna make some moves. I think Kanko is um, on the top of that list. Yeah, it de- it definitely it definitely seems like he's on uh he's definitely on the top on the top of that list yeah, when I- it comes to. Um, you know, when it comes to potential trade bait out of uh, out of New York w- involving the Rangers, uh, let's bring you in, Alex. Uh, Alex, we've been discussing the NHL trade deadline coming up, and uh, in particular, you know, we've been going down the list of names. We've already had two people uh, be taken off, you know, be uh, taken off of the market so far in Elias Lindholm and Sean Monahan. What are your thoughts, Alex, on, on the way that this uh that this NHL trade market has really developed so far? Well, yes, it's starting to heat up, which is always fascinating. I love uh I love this time of the year for really for any respective protein. I always think it's fascinating. But that's why I was kind of confused before you were talking about um predictions for next year. Like you never know because there's so many different moves that are about to be made. Yeah. So it's uh, it's always a fun time of the year. Um, I'm going to be interested to see what the Rangers do. Um, I think the Bruins might make a couple moves. The Devils are always in, in the mood to make some moves, so it should be fascinating to watch. Yeah, and uh, matter of fact, one of the moves that I know that the Bruins have to decide what to do is they have to decide whether or not uh, to trade Jake DeBrusque or potentially extend him. And if they can't sign him to an extension, it sounds like that a trade may potentially take place, especially with him coming into form over these last uh, over the last season and a half here. Sure. Uh, so it should be interesting going down going down the line the further that we go into this deadline. Uh, but you know, I kind of figure that uh we should move we should move away uh a little bit because obviously there's going to be more deadline talk uh if anything obviously comes up over exactly. uh over the uh the range of to, uh, of this night because con- considering how how news has basically been filtering in uh you never know what the hell's going to come up uh during this show uh but I figure we should probably move on to the NBA because we have a breaking injury, so to speak. Uh, Luka Doncic apparently has re-aggravated his right ankle injury in tonight's game. And from what it sounds like, uh, he was able to walk off on his own power but considering how teams have been handling recent injury uh, problems, which I mean, there's a few that that we will uh, that we will touch on in a minute here. Uh, 
you know, it it, it kind of seems like maybe perhaps, uh, you know, considering how crucial Luka Doncic is to the Dallas Mavericks, that Absolutely. maybe perhaps, you know, maybe perhaps they may go the route of potentially resting him. Look, I don't know if you want to chime in, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it'd be, you know, he's he's such a focal point and such a primary target for everyone. You know, the bullseye on his back. A clean asset. If he's if he's banged up, you know, if you start, especially what we're at, you know, the All Star break, it's not going to get any better. So he's got to rest up. I give him two weeks off. He better. It's a oh, marathon, not a sprint. Actually, wait, wait a minute. Actually. Yeah, he did. He did actually come. He did come back out. Uh, so I stand corrected. Uh, so he came. He came back out, and he apparently he uh, he scored eleven straight points. So that ankle must not be. It, <laughs> yeah, if, okay. it's, if it's re-aggravated, it must not be bothering him that much. Uh, it's interesting, though, that they're playing without Kyrie Irving. I didn't know that Kyrie was injured. Yeah, he's been he's been MIA for a couple of days now, a couple of weeks, I think. But uh, it's always going to be Luca's ship. I was just along for the ride. Who knows right. what he's up to? And honestly, Kyrie's so erratic. I think that's one of the reasons that Cuban sold the majority of the share of his ownership. Probably realized that was just a just a bad, you know. Once Kyrie came on board, I don't know. But, I mean, Luca's just well, – I mean, you guys saw he had what, 73 points the other night. Luca's just out of this world. He's insanely good. Well, don't forget, don't forget though, uh, you know, Cuban is an opportunist. And if he sees a way for him to make maximum profit, he's going to, you know, he's going to do whatever, whatever needs to be done. So, with him selling off a majority of his uh, – a majority of his shares. If anything, to me, that just that just yeah. tells me that he that he determined that the that the time was right for him to basically uh, to basically cash out while still holding uh, control of the Dallas Mavericks organization. Yeah, yeah, and he hasn't gone public. I don't think he'll ever say, you know what, it's too much of a headache with Kyrie. Uh, Cuban's a lot more savvy than I am, so it's like. Whatever whatever instinct that guy has and whatever move he makes, I'm just gonna say you know what he's probably it's probably a smart move. Yeah. So I don't know what else he's, he's always got a million different things going on. So, you know, it's it definitely wasn't necessarily because of Kyrie. Uh, I just don't <laughs> think he was made, I think he definitely realized that Kyrie wasn't uh, the best person in the world once he once he got him to Dallas. And what are your what are your thoughts on this, Lou? Uh, uh, you know, Ky- Kyrie Irving. They they did all they could to sign to sign him to an extension this past off season, which of course yeah. uh, they ended up doing. But now it kind of seems like maybe perhaps Kyrie Irving is uh, up to his uh, up to his same old uh, his same old shenanigans, you know, being out in the last couple yeah. of games. I mean, yeah. could, could we be seeing the usual Kyrie meltdown that we that we see almost every single season? Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Bound to happen. I mean, Kyrie is, you know, Kyrie is what he is, so at least he thinks he is what he is. And he's just going to cause more shenanigans as the season goes on. I mean, they, they really should do something about him, though. I mean, he is really becoming a, he is, well, he's not becoming, actually, he is a problem. And 
he just got worse. Ever since, you know, like uh, 20, 2001 with his little uh, uh, fake sicknesses and whatnot, I mean, he has been, you know, a complete troublemaker. Or make it this way, a total jackass. And it should have subsided to that. Yep. Total jackass. And I don't think it will. Now, we know, we go from... Uh... We go from players that that are having you know that 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 have become problems for their teams. Uh, I, I you know I'm looking at the scores right now, and what is going on with Golden State? Yeah. Golden State and for a long three games long below five hundred. Clay Thompson a shot. He's not even playing down the stretch of key games. Kerr's done with him. You can't do that. Draymond's a total head case. So I mean, just do the math. It's the 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 party's over in Golden State. They're not who they used to be, and and they're they're older every year. The, the you know the 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 shine is off that diamond. They're really they, the Golden State is not relevant this year. They're 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 in the risk of not even making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, take a look at defending champions. Well, not defending champ, but you know, the former champions. They were the, Right, they were that one, you know, not that long ago, and now. <laughs> I mean, you take a look at, at who is out tonight. Chris Paul, obviously, with his hand injury, you know, he's he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. They don't have Moses Moody tonight. They don't have Gary Payton the second tonight. Uh, you take a look at some of these stats. Andrew Wiggins with that massive contract, only two points. Clay Thompson decided cool. to uh, decided to not show up tonight. Only eight points. Steph Curry is pretty much their entire offense with thirty four. Yeah. And Draymond Green is being Mister Triple uh, Mister Triple si- or Quadruple Single that we're all used to seeing out of him. So, yeah. I mean, that's not much of a surprise. But no. it's it's almost like uh, that, and that, from all reports from all reports that have come out. Uh, they have basically said that they're hanging on to Clay Thompson and, and Draymond Green. So, right. Wow. It, it, it's it's almost like it's almost like they're going off of nostalgia. I sort of feel. Yeah, right they really now. are. They really are. It's like the relationship that's over, or the job that's already been terrible, but people are not getting fired yet. It's like, <laughs> you know, the writing's been on the wall. Very obvious. I think deep down, Steve Kerr knows it. But it, the owner, you know, you want to sell seats, you want to keep the fans captivated so but yeah they just have not looked the same for about a year but if the, the chickens have really come to roost this year they just look ter- they don't look good they're sub 500 so i mean the proof is in the in the pudding it's in the results yes now the only thing i'll say about that though is maybe it's because they're a half game out of the play-in tournament we all know what happens if you make the play-in tournament. There's always a chance that you can always that you can run the board. So maybe perhaps they feel that Clay Thompson will come around once once uh, playoff time comes. That he'll magically you know he'll magically turn himself back into uh, into the <laughs> Splash Brother Clay Thompson uh, instead of the uh, Dud Brother that we've been seeing so far this season. Uh, Those days are done, man. But no, I mean he can't come back from that injury. He, he's Kerr's not even playing him in the fourth, so it's like there's no way he's come. What is he going to start? Like he's going to turn forty suddenly and then uh, start getting getting great again? Like his his career has been a real real sharp decline. 
nice guy too. I'm not trying to bash the guy, but that's a big reason. Obviously, one of the Splash Brothers. He's just he's kind of cooked. He's done. But Steph on his own island. Steph is a small guy. Steph's what 34 years old, and a bunch of young teams love to beat the Warriors because they won all those rings. So they got a target well, on the back. It's not a good situation for Golden State. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people want to really admit it, uh, but it really does seem like they're getting closer and closer to rebuild time out there in Golden State. And also, yeah. uh, I believe somebody, somebody that we've had previously uh, on this show, uh, you know, you know, Jim, I believe he uh, he said at one point that, uh, you know, with Oakland selling the Oakland Athletics, uh, that, you know, if Golden State fans want to keep their team in Golden State, they better start, go- you know, they better continue going to the games. And, you know, the further that Golden State starts to slide here, you know, it really does make you wonder uh, you know, obviously, obviously, ho- hopefully they're gonna have they're gonna still have the diehards, but I think it's really gonna test like who yeah. is really a fan and who was there just to be on the bandwagon. You know, because of all those Absolutely. reasons that they that they won that they won those rings. You know, who who is a diehard and who and and, and is going to stick with the team through thick and thin, and who is just you know who was just there just to be on the bandwagon, and now that they're uh, now that they're struggling, you know, you know they'll be like, oh well, we'll move on to the next uh, to the next great team. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, speaking of big players, uh, we do have a report from The Athletic that has said Joel Embiid has a meniscus injury, and in particular, if I can, if I can bring up this, uh, this message here that I had with one of our Whispers moderators, uh, they're calling it basically a flap of the meniscus. What the fuck is a flap? Yeah. I never heard that's that before. That's ridiculous. That, that, that makes no sense whatsoever. What the, what the fuck is a flap of the meniscus? You are, It's either torn or it's not. Yeah, or, or partially torn. But they're calling it a displaced flap. Yeah. That's a new one. It's coming out of and, and according to what it says here uh, from, I, I know they say not to listen to Twitter doctors, but you know this is coming straight from an actual uh, an actual doctor to the athletes. Uh, he basically has said. It's a terrible way to describe the injury to the public uh, by the Philadelphia 76ers, and it doesn't help clarify anything. A displaced flap is a tear, not an injury. The meniscus is torn. If you tell a sports doc someone has a displaced flap, 
those are words we often use to describe something that needs surgery. If rest and rehab is still an option, then they really aren't communicating this in a good way. Uh, whoever is communicating this. No offense, but Steve, I mean, think go about ahead, this is the franchise. That, that, no offense, but like that, think about it this way. I mean, that guy, think about it, trust the process. Ben Simmons and Bede for like a decade now, they've been so passionately invested and loyal to this guy. They're not going to show all their hands. They're not going to say that they're not going to say too much about the guy's injury because also he's had so many injuries. They're not going to come out and say, Oh, this guy's it's like Belichick used to do it. Like with the injury report every Sunday. I mean, he's not, they're not going to shut their hand and right away go, this guy's screwed. They're going to, they're kind of being mysterious about it because they don't know whether or not that he's going to have surgery. But if you look at his timeline of his, his history of injuries, it's just absolutely brutal. So they don't want to, like, say that he has to have something until they definitely know. No. I mean, I can't really fault him. There's and especially, no let's, keep in mind, let's keep in mind, too, when, you're, when, when this injury is to a big man like, like Joel Embiid, we saw what happened when, when Time Lord Robert Williams suffered a, uh, a torn oh. meniscus for the Boston Celtics. He ended up having surgery. He came back uh, just in time for the playoffs. And because Boston rushed him, he retore his meniscus once again. And yeah, that yeah. was basically, uh, you know, he's never been the same player since. And now what, what happened this season? A torn meniscus, but this time on the other knee for him. But that definitely proves your point. But they just, there's no need for them to say too much about the injury. What are they – they don't have to be like brutally honest. <laughs> they, I mean, they're just playing it by ear. Look at his, look at his, look at his history. His resume is just littered with injuries. So, yeah. what does oh, it, what does it benefit? Oh, what does it benefit them? To, what does it benefit them? Here. How do they benefit from saying too much about his injury? They can keep their cards close to that. You're right, Lou. I am here. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention Steve. Diane was gonna be a little bit late, but uh, she's here. Oh okay, well yeah yeah I could I could have sworn I saw her number pop up. Um, now we do here. Here's the thing that we have to keep in mind too. Uh, obviously, Joel Embiid has a history with injuries, uh, but you know he he's in the middle of an MVP caliber season. You have to wonder what you know. What's the right route for Philly to take here because. You take a look at the at the standings. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia right now they're in the number five spot. You know they are they are so they are solidly in a playoff spot right now. Twelve games right. above five hundred. But with this type of injury, uh, they claim that he will miss four to six weeks supposedly with rest and rehab. Now, obviously, if it's surgery, it'll be more like four to six months, not four to six weeks. To me, exactly. if it's a tear of the meniscus, it just doesn't really – it doesn't really speak to me that it's going to be weeks. It feels like it would be more like months. No, and they're not going to – I'll answer your question, the riddle right now. They're not going to do anything on the trade deadline. They're just hoping for the best of them. What are they going to do? Move? They're not going to move Maxi. 
They don't have many number one picks, so they can't really – what are they going to just beg someone to give a good player for free? They don't have many assets. So the Sixers are stuck in the bed that they made. They they don't have much ability to upgrade their roster. So they're going to just play it out with Max. They just just got hammered. Oh, I'm talking about the 76ers roster. Yeah. yeah, the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia NBA. Oh, okay, I'm right. Okay. I mean, they just got back by the uh, uh, the Nets today. They just the Nets just beat them by 20 at home today. So, I mean, but they really can't do much. I mean, what they have to hope for the best and hope Embiid come back soon. He's their guy. Yeah, with any luck. Uh, but you know what? Let's get let's get the thoughts of. Uh, of someone that we haven't we haven't had on the uh, on the show in quite a while, uh, Jim Early. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Philadelphia being without their big man for the for uh, quite well, a while? It sounds like. Well, I'm not a doctor, but I'm fixing to give you some information so you can call me Doctor J, even though I'm not Julius Irving. So. <laughs> a flap, really as, as far as a a, a meniscal flap. It's a tear. Yeah, and 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 either it's it, there's certain degrees of how bad it could be, but normally it requires surgery because it's because the tear uh, has displaced the meniscus. So I yeah. don't, I don't know why they're wording it like they are if they're just trying they're not to scare fans or whatever. They're but a, they, they, I mean. I don't know why they chose the word flap. It's a it's a tear, is what it is. Must be a new term. Hey Jim and uh, Jim and Sal, what's up, bud? Yeah, just even like. You hey, know, how's it going, Alex? How you doing, Lou? All right. Going well. I mean, even just way back when, when you know Al Bundy here, but like playing college lacrosse, right? Obviously not anywhere near the NBA, but I tore an MCL in, in college, and I'm a much smaller guy than Embiid. You're looking at three or four months, and with his history of At-Lee. already with his knee injuries. It's a lot worse. It's a lot worse. He's already very susceptible to a longer recovery, right? I mean, wouldn't you say right. he's already his body's already been through the war? He's he's got a brittle. Yeah, it has. And, and and with him, I mean, it's all the way from his fingers and thumbs down to his knees and and feet. I mean, he's constantly hurt. And I mean, that happens to a lot of big guys, but. His career, even uh, in the NBA, was uh, started off slower because of coming out of college injured. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, he did. He had the he had sort of the same thing, I think, as Odin, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But well, back to back years when they started saying trust the process because they could not get the guy healthy. Uh, he missed what? If you want to look it up, I mean, Embiid missed. 80, 90% of his first two and a half years. It yeah. was a real struggle just to get the guy suited up. So really unfortunate, but it is what it is. He's got a history of really bad injuries. And the guy's seven foot one, too. I mean, it just takes a toll. Bigger they are, the higher they fall, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's just really. Joe needs to set up for the Diane, I thought, I thought you were a fan of the 76ers. From what I'm man. reading, from what I'm reading, the only uh, possible positive side to this is if the tear 
is on the outer, like, third of the meniscus, it could heal on its own, but would still need to repair, be repaired surgically. So that's like best-case scenario, scenario. Right. And there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee either that, uh, and we, you know, and, the surgery I, I, will I mean, actually. I mean, I, I don't know about y'all, but if, if, if I've got the MVP on my team and, and I'm hearing all this and, and, and hearing, well, maybe it could heal on his own and maybe he could, I'm, I'm shutting him down. I'm shutting him down and he's going to have surgery. And Heck yeah, you know, totally agree, it's yeah. too big. It's too big an investment to play around with. Yeah, I, yeah. It's that, I mean, it's just, that true, just but... a, uh, you know, back to back to what I said about uh, about Robert Williams. You know, take a look at what the Celtics did with Robert Williams. You know, yeah, they and, and, decided to rush and, and him. It's back. not like it's not like the Sixers are going to win the the title anyway. So. No. No. And with his history, no, not with the you can't rush him back. Right you, with his history of injuries, yeah. it's not going to end up a happy story. If you rush him back, it's been proven it's going to blow up again. And like Jim said, he's not winning at all. And Steve, to your point, I mean, Robert Williams got rushed back a couple times. Now he's facing back-to-back knee injuries on both knees. He can't even get on the court for the Blazers. So it's like yeah. they got to preserve yeah. whatever's left of Embiid at this point. You got to wrap him up in bubble tape, bubble wrap, and just not play him right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that right. Make him make him play now. like that. Make him play with bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And imagine, I mean, the guy's getting hammered every night. He's their their offense with Max. He probably he probably, probably still have a double double. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Sensational player, man. I mean, Jimmy, you know KU, man. That's that's. Will Chamberlainville. I mean, he was the next coming. Yeah. He's the best big man. I love Jokic, too. I love the Joker, but, I mean, Embiid is incredible. I just hope he gets healthy somehow again. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, with any, with any it's, luck. It's starting. I mean, it's it, unfortunately, it's starting to look like he's going to go down as being, you know, so gr- so good and probably one of the best Sixers ever, but never going to ever um, – fulfill actually what potential he had because he can be doing so much more if he stays unhurt and they never surround him with enough right players. They 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 throw people in there like when they went and got Harden and all these other people. They they've never put the right mix around him. He's You're probably right. just gonna retire someday and feel pretty disappointed about his career. I mean, he's already pissed off at the fact that they've, uh, you know, that they've squandered most of the time that he's had with them by, uh, you know, making moves that they didn't have to make. And meanwhile, when they have, when they had moves that he wanted them to make, instead they decided to go elsewhere. Uh, You know, being the type of, uh, being the type of uh, a businessman that Daryl Morey is, uh, you know, obviously he's not going to listen to his best player on his roster, kind of like he did in uh, in Houston. So, well, he, you know, uh, but I will, I will say one thing though. I, I'm not, I'm not. 
banging, banging the Maury drum. I'm not a Maury uh, advocate or supporter, but Maury from his days in Houston, he did bring back, you know, he did bring in the, well, the chemistry killer. He brought in James Harden to try to be the big, you know, <laughs> Batman, or, you know, Batman and Robin with Embiid. But yeah. we all know how Harden does to rosters. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was saying. They haven't <laughs> surrounded him with the right mix the right of talent. Yeah. And now you know, just because you bring in a Harden or you bring in a Kyrie, you bring in a Simmons, you bring in these big names, that don't mean yeah. you're actually building a good team. Yeah, I, I can't stand well, Harden. Look, so it's I like mean, they, they, they showed look, the effort, look at Boston. they didn't get the right people. They didn't get the right yeah, people. Yeah, look at right Boston, time. you know. Yeah. And you were talking about Golden State earlier and how they're sliding, and they are. But go back to and look at how they built the, built those glory teams. Through the draft, and they surrounded they surrounded Curry with other weapons and role yep. players, and it worked. You know, yeah, and right. I mean, and you bring in Durant. I mean, you're not bringing in somebody that's going to kill chemistry. You're bringing in some guy that wants to win a ring. Yeah, right. But, I mean, yeah, you can't say that about the Sixers. I don't think. Another one. One final thing about this this injury. Um, that I have found from another medical site is uh, the question, how do you fix a torn uh, meniscus flap? It says, in these situations, surgery is recommended. That's the first statement. And then it says it's done through several small incisions around the knee, which would be arthroscopic surgery. There's well, no way around case, it. I mean, if it's arthroscopic, yeah, there ain't, there ain't no way around it. I mean, better case scenario. If they're gonna if they're gonna do uh, the right thing for the if they're gonna do the right thing for the person and the investment, he needs to just be shut down and have surgery. Yeah, he's out for the year. Right, uh, Jim, I agree with you, man. I mean, you got to do the right thing. He's got to go under the knife. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, they're just delaying the inevitable. Yeah. He's not going to be healthy. They got to do the right thing. Yeah, because otherwise, yeah. otherwise, you know, like I said, you don't want another, uh, you know, you don't you don't want another situation like Robert Williams, where all of a sudden, no. you know, Terrible. in this case, in this case, Embiid is a much bigger star, but you know, you basically ruin essentially the rest of uh, you potentially ruin the rest of his career because you ruin you, you ruin the you rest of his career. Him. You you ruin the rest of his career and you ruin the franchise. Especially yeah, yeah, and, because and we you got to start all, all over. We're all big sports fans. We all want the best for both these guys. But I mean, obviously, I'm being a different level to time board. But I mean, Robert Williams right now, his career is in jeopardy. So Philly's thinking, yeah. are we really going to lose this Embiid for the rest of our, our days yeah. here? Or they got to do the right thing and just pull the plug for this year and really get surgery. Yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, I mean. There's no way they're going to add pieces right now because they're just floating in the water right now. They're dead duck. I mean, what are they going to sneak into the play-in and get smoked in the first round? Without Embiid, they're nothing. So I mean, no, I mean, you know, you know, in the East, it's going to be either Boston, Miami, or Milwaukee again, anyway. So yeah, Jim, what do you think about uh, in the the Pacers, man? They just added uh, Pascal Siakam. I love Halliburton, obviously. Yeah, they're 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 making. Yeah. They're, make, they're making you? moves. They're making moves like they did back when Larry Bird was in charge. Uh, I yeah. think they're kind of legit. They're, they're definitely legit now to 
kind of make some noise and maybe push Boston? I think, Boston I think, I think they are. I, I think yeah. they are, and it does mirror a lot of how Larry Bird used to operate the team when he was he was running the team. They, they were good back then. You know, of course, a lot of that was Reggie Miller, but they did have other quality yeah. players, and they had good role players, and that kind of looks like what they're doing now. I like their roster a lot. Boston's still the, the cream of the crop at Addy, so I would agree with you guys definitely. Do y'all let me let me ask y'all something? Do y'all believe the rumor that the Lakers are honestly, quietly shopping LeBron? If LeBron it wouldn't wants surprise it. me. It wouldn't surprise me if LeBron wants it. They're gonna. I mean, what else can they yeah. do? That's another team that's just broken. They're stuck. It, yeah. It, but LeBron wants LeBron gets pretty yeah. much. That's They're five hundred. The, uh, the magic. Twice. They're five hundred, Jim, and and every night it's a battle to see what's on the uh, injury report. I mean, is Anthony yeah. Davis going to get injured getting out of the shower? Yeah. Can't rely on that guy at all. <laughs> can't, you can't rely <laughs> on him. He's a he's a glass man. You can't rely on him. LeBron's fed up. LeBron's not getting any yeah. younger. Obviously, I mean that that party's over in L.A. That shows yeah, over. Steve, uh, Steve, Anthony Davis getting injured is kind of like Kevin Nash and WWE Egan. He he could tear a quad walking to the <laughs> ring. Yeah, yeah. You know, I saw, when I saw them on the injury report against Boston. Now, obviously, obviously the Lakers shredded Boston, but when I saw them on the on the injury report, the first thing I thought of was cowards. You don't want to. You don't want to. Uh, you don't want to play a rivalry game, so you decide. I'm gonna pull a Kevin Nash, sit on the sideline, and then once it, once once we play a team, once we play a team that I feel like playing, I'm gonna all of a sudden remove remove the curtain off of my supposedly injured leg while I'm sitting in the uh, in the wheelchair like uh, like Kevin Nash, and I'm gonna magically stand up and be healed. Yeah, Steve, that that's like uh, you know if 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 like. Kevin Nash is on the phone with Triple H, and they're talking about the upcoming game between the Celtics and the Lakers. And Triple H says, "Well, you know, LeBron and and AD are are both out. They're not going to play." And Kevin Nash would say, "Good move." Yeah. Yeah. Who's Kevin Nash? Kevin Nash is a professional wrestler, a former professional wrestler. And speaking of uh, speaking of uh, of Kevin Nash and uh, the WWE, uh, you know, I obviously we discussed this last week, but uh, Jim, I got to get your thoughts. What 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 do you think about the whole the whole Vince McMahon uh, uh, problem? Oh my yeah. God! <laughs> I, well, I honestly, and it looks like he's not going to do that now, and and I wasn't. You know, when I told you this, I wasn't saying this to be overly dramatic. But when all of that came out, if you remember what I told you, I said he should probably be on suicide watch. Right. Because, I mean, a man in his his position, his power, to have all of this coming out now, and and there's going to be more. There's going to be other women named. They're going to... They're going to come out and talk. Oh yeah. And 
I mean, it, it's so bad your own daughter and son-in-law won't let you around their children. Your grandchildren, they won't let you around them? Oh, I mean, I, I was honest, Steve. I, honest to God, could have foreseen him committing suicide. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, another thing, another thing too, to, uh, to add on to it as well, you have John Laurinaitis flipping on him uh, this week, and also – you uh, th- there there was a uh, a report that came out that said that the non disclosure agreements uh, that he had signed women to were apparently behind the company's back, so they may not be enforceable anymore. Oh wow! Which means those women could speak out. Uh, there's going to be a lot of birds chirping now. It's just like Jim said; it's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, people they open up a Pandora's box. There's going to be a lot more stories. I think. <laughs> There's going to be some more oh, yeah. stories. There's going to be some people talking coming up real soon. Yeah, Steve, you remember how you remember how this happened at at Fox News back when uh, Roger Ailes was uh, running things at Fox News, and how uh, right. Gretchen Carl Gretchen Carlson came out with the story about him. Everybody thought, oh, well, that's so horrible, horrible, and, and we were like, oh, I bet there's more to this, and here they come. Here come all the other women. And uh, I think that's what Vince is fixing to face, too. And he's probably doing the best thing right now by just staying low and not commenting. Um, Laronitis is trying to save his ass. You know, he's as big a horn dog as Vince is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Laronitis, he is. The only only difference in Vince. The only difference in Vince and Laronitis. Laurenitis is when Vince is with him in the room, it's a strong voice like, lay down, woman. If it's Laurenitis, it's, I told you to lay down. Yeah. With the, with the, with the, gravelly, the gravelly voice. Yeah. Laurenitis. <laughs> 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 he is a former. Laurenitis. A, f- a former professional wrestler who never made it big, uh, so he decided to be a stooge to Vince McMahon for so many years. Exactly. Oh, okay. And if anything, it was it's his not brother, like, Road Warrior Animal, who got bigger. It's not yeah. like it's not like they haven't released him before because of stuff like this, and then Vince brought right. him back. So this ain't the first. He's just trying. He's trying to save. He's just trying to save his marriage to the to the Bella's mama. Yeah. 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 You know, it, it was, for both of them. Huh? What about what about I'll the both you. of them? Yeah. Do you think this is gonna be the end for both of them? Oh, With probably. Oh, obviously. Yeah, I'll bet you Daniel Bryan. I'll bet you Daniel Bryan and Bree won't let him around their kids now. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all, considering, uh, you know, considering there's, pro- there's probably I mean, going to be a hell of even, a lot more. Yeah, and and he's he's not even their father. He's a stepfather. Right. right. And from what you know, from what it sounds like too, you know, you got Brock Lesnar thrown in the mix as well. Uh, this yeah, is probably going to cost Brock. 
you know, Brock's probably they're gonna right. get blacklisted like Benoit did. Yeah, they're racing him now. I mean, you're not gonna see him in WWE no more. I think so. Why? But I mean, I mean, what do you expect? I mean, what do you? I mean, I mean that stuff just—I don't get it. I know everybody's got their own little thing that they get into and stuff. Maybe I'm just a dumb old country boy from Arkansas. But when he's wanting a woman to send him a video of her pissing, I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, you know, they got some strange fetishes. We'll put it that way. And you know, for right. a former for a former WWE and UFC champion like Brock Lesnar, uh, somebody who makes the WWE money, uh, for him to be implicated in something like this, I mean, this is you're already they're already talking about erasing Vince from WWE uh, records, which uh, from WWE history, I should say, which is going to be a very hard thing to do considering you know, how much he had been involved over the past three decades or more, uh, you know, with the company. But now, you know, you erase somebody who probably was going to be a Hall of Fame inductee at one point. Uh, And also, you got to feel bad for for his wife, Sable, too. Yeah. You know, for to have a smoking hot wife like Sable – and still request stuff like this on the down low? Well, for all we know, know, before it's over with, it may turn out that that Brock let Vince have Sable one night. We don't know. Right. We don't know. Well, I mean... But I think think it'd be very hard. I think it'd be very hard to erase Vince... Uh, from WWE history, it'd be hard to erase Brock, but especially right. Vince. I don't know how you can do that. I think you might just get rid of him now, and you never use him again. Never call his name. He never comes up. He never does anything on behalf of the company anymore. And the same with Brock. But I don't know how you can just erase everything he had to do with the, with the company. Um. I mean that that I mean that's like I mean if you look in the NFL I mean uh, certain players have had a lot of issues. Um, Michael Irvin's had a lot of issues. You don't see the Cowboys erasing him in uh, Major right. League Baseball. Keith, Keith Hernandez had issues. You didn't see the Cardinals or Mets erasing him. No, uh, you did, not. did the did the Giants did the Giants erase Bonds? Even the Reds, oh, even the Reds, did, even the Reds didn't erase Pete Rose. Yeah, Pete Rose back you know, in the ballpark. Pete Rose was out in Cincinnati last summer. No, you're 100 percent right. Yeah, the, 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 the difference. I, though, I don't know how you erase Vince McMahon. I don't. I don't know how you do that. And the difference, though, it's even to speak to your point, Jim. I mean, it's even That's bigger and better. The magnitude, the, his presence is everywhere. He's omnipresent, right? I mean, he was the what the fifth leader of wrestling for a while, right? It was his show. Oh yeah, he wasn't a yeah. he wasn't a performer. He was the guy at the top. Well, so, I mean, it's, well, it's he, he was the owner. He was the owner yeah. and the guy making all the decisions. But he did end up from time to time being a performer too, and he was good sure. at that. Right, he was really good at that. I mean, his 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 
his presence in there is much bigger than even a Pete Rose or, you know, any O.J. Simpson in Buffalo. You could name a bunch of guys that have been kind of blackballed, right, right. hard and feathered, yeah. but that are still around. You can't, you can't, you yeah. can't force someone to just be erased. But, yeah, I mean, Steve, how are you going to, how are you going to, how are you going to keep, how are you going to keep Vince McMahon out of the WWE Hall of Fame when he created yeah. it? Well, because it would be bad for press. It would be bad for, uh, you know, if they were to honor him in the in the Hall of Fame, you know, you would have so much heat being put on the company by his accusers. Of course, by basically saying you're celebrating a uh, you're celebrating a rapist, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, and, that, that, uh, I mean those are good those are good points, but I I don't know how you. I don't know how you keep him out of. I, I don't. I don't see how you erase him. Maybe he don't go in the Hall of Fame, but I don't see how you erase him because I know they. You know they didn't put. You know they had. They had all this problem with Benoit. You know after he killed his wife. Oh, and, that's and right. Son. That's right. Um. And they they erased him, and fans don't forget though. I mean. Right. You know, fans fans see what it is. They know what the guy did. They don't like it. They don't like what he did, but they appreciate what he did when he when he was a performer and, and how he how he performed for the fans in the ring, but they can kind of separate it as yeah, but he was a murderer. So we get it. Yeah. But you you're not gonna race from my head that night that I took the last forty bucks I had and I took my kid to to see him, and we were sitting on the third row, and he and came by and he tapped my kid on the shoulder. You got an autograph. Yeah, like you know, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can't you memories you have in your head. Yeah, yeah Diane. So, so yeah, it, I mean, it's, 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 it'd just be hard to do. You know, it, it'd be hard to do. Right, and and plus, you know, another thing too is you take a look at you take a look at the video footage. You know, every time that they would mention Chris Benoit. All of that was edited out. So, I mean, you would still see him on the screen, but you just wouldn't hear his name. Like, they would edit out every single time he was even mentioned. Uh, You know, if you were to do that for Vince McMahon, you could basically write out – you would basically have to erase the entire 1990s off of it because he was a commentator. He was an on-screen performer. You know, he – it's impossible, exactly. So he's part yeah. of the fabric. He's like the main part of the fabric. Yeah, he's, right? he's like the ba- he's like he's almost like he's like the backbone of the whole machine. He's like the well, man. Yeah. I mean, they always, Steve. They've always said um, in the WWE, the biggest the biggest influence influences they ever had on business for WWE were Hulk Hogan. The Rock, Undertaker, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't know how you can't put Vince McMahon in that group, and he might be a, a bigger influence than any of them. Well, t- just take a just take a look at the. He was the one. Time, he was the one that made. Do... He was the one that made them stars. Yeah, and you know another thing too is you take a look at every time they they go through a TV deal, you know, like when Raw's TV deal or SmackDown's TV deal goes up, uh, comes up for a renewal. Yeah. 
every single network wanted to talk with Vince. They don't want to talk with Nick Khan. They don't want to talk with John Laurinaitis. They want to do business no. with Vince. Well, or they used to want to do business with Vince. Now, obviously, it would be Triple H or Ari Emanuel or maybe Nick Khan. Uh, but, you know, Vince was basically, he wasn't just the owner. He wasn't just the, uh, you know, the character on screen. He was the figurehead of the company. Everything yeah. ran through him. So well, and, a, I mean, and another another thing, Steve, and I mean I know it's different when it's confirmed, and you have uh, quality reports with accurate information, and you know it's true. But let's face it: did we not all know Vince McMahon was this type of a scumbag the whole time? Right. Maybe he yeah. wasn't getting sick. Yeah, this was the confirmation of uh, the rumors, like the the feeling I already had. This kind of dip, obviously yeah. this product, but I already had a right. feeling. I mean, we we all we all already were smart enough to know. <laughs> Some I of mean, this stuff has come out before. You've heard you've heard other people come out with it before. You've heard certain talent leave and and drop little hints here and there. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's shocking at how bad it was and how gross he was and what was going on, but it wasn't surprising. It didn't surprise me. I was uh, like, oh, okay, well, yeah. they've got their proof now. I mean, it didn't surprise, it didn't surprise me at all. With a guy who had a questionable kind of like a, yeah, the reputation, I could only imagine, you know, you put two and two together, I could imagine that it's all happening. So now that it happened, I'm like, I had a damn bit surprised. Yeah. But, Jim, you know, it, it almost makes you think, you know, you go back to one of those to one of those uh, feuds that he was in with his daughter, Stephanie, when Stephanie said, uh, would mention something mm. about, about what, what she used to have to do in his business meetings for his business oh, partners. You know, you almost wonder – was any of that stuff true now that this, you know, or what, you know, was it specifically for the feud or was there any truth to any, to any of that stuff that she had said? Cause I mean, why else would she leave the company when, as soon as her father came right back? Right. I think it's really unfortunate. I think that, that suggests that she, that was going through a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And once the cat got out of the bag, you know, whatever you want to say about that analogy, once shit hit the fan, <laughs> well, the thing, she was that. She was that. The she thing is, through a lot. She, she's, yeah. she's the, the monster's daughter the whole year, all those years. The 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 yeah. thing with Steph, and the thing with Shane, and the thing with Triple H, and the thing with Linda is, they know even more than what's come out so far. Yeah. That's the scary thing. Yeah. Is that they? They know more. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you when a when when a daughter will not let the grandfather, who is her father, around her own children, there's a big problem somewhere. There's a problem now. 
Yeah, it really makes you wonder. It really, it really makes you wonder just exactly how far does this span? And it does, like you brought up when that comes- storyline. It does make you, it does make you think back to other previous storylines, like what? In, I mean, you, you saw what he publicly made some of these women do. Everyone saw how uncomfortable they were with the things he made Trish Stratus do in front of the crowds. Can you imagine, can you imagine maybe what was going on behind the scenes? Right. I mean, one of, one of them, like, uh, I mean, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like much, but when, when, he had her bark like a uh, walk around and bark like a dog in the uh, in the ring. That it, it just seems so you know so completely random to begin with. Yes, you know, <laughs> among other things. Uh, and then he also mentioned I remember with Shane McMahon when he had that feud with Shane when Shane came back that he mentioned something about a black box. Or something. I mean, I, I know it sounds completely random, but it's like, what the fuck is going on in this guy in, in this family's history to yeah. bring up yeah. shit like this for a feud? I'm afraid to find out. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> it just seems so random. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, obviously, at, at this point, there's basically he's he's basically gone from the company. You know, I don't see how he can be proven innocent when there's just so so much stuff being piled on. Uh, I would find it very hard to believe that he could be found innocent of any of these uh of any of these charges um if Steve, you're a smart guy uh, everyone on the call is pretty tough. there's no there's not a cold day in hell there's no way he's innocent of it i mean it's getting worse and worse no. every day there's so much oh, there's so much fire he's cooked yeah, yeah. It, it just it, it, it's a shame Honestly, it's a, the it reason why I say the reason why I say it's a shame is because, you know, for a guy who took over this company from his father and basically took it to so many different heights that it's been over the over the last uh, over the last however many decades, you know, it, it's. It's hard to fathom, essentially. But uh, so not only did we have uh, did we have new updates when it came to the Vince, and I'm sure there's probably going to be a lot more that's gonna that's gonna come out about this. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts, Jim, on yet another thing uh, involving the tricep tear by CM Punk, which has now caused the WWE to completely change their plan for WrestleMania. Well, um, it's unfortunate, and I, I've 
you know, I don't have, I've never been a punk fan. Um, I understand he has a huge following, huge fan base, and he's good for business. Um, it's, it's unfortunate because I've kind of seen him in a different light since he's been back this time. I think he's, he's tried harder to get along with people. He's not the guy he used to be backstage causing trouble. He, he seems like now he he tries to get along with everybody. And uh, it's just unfortunate. Uh, I mean, I know it changed up their, their mania plans, but uh, it's like they say, the show must go on. Right. And actually, I should add as well that uh, Brock Lesnar being involved in the uh, in the uh, what's it called um, the lawsuit has also changed things up as well because he was supposed to face Gunther at WrestleMania and now obviously that's not going to happen and you know Brock isn't going to be anywhere near WWE programming for probably maybe ever uh, as a result of this so you know Brock even uh even being involved has completely changed completely changed that too yeah but yeah well when it comes, i don't think we're going to see brock in wwe punk, anymore yeah i doubt it i i highly doubt it at this point um yeah the people the now people what i find, if i go if, if i if i rob a bank and people are in the back seat and they got guns and even if they don't go in with the bank you know they're going down too there's a lot of tentacles and a lot right. of people are going down along with McMahon that's just the basic way right. that that works right exactly and you know I was gonna I, I was gonna bring I was gonna bring up uh, that point as well the fact that rest, rest uh, assured, even I, though never rob a bank, rest assured, but they're culpable. They're part of the. They're part of the plan. They they were doing dirt the whole time too. I mean, they're. That's why they've gotten muddy quiet. They're just not. Yeah, they're guilty in their own way. Uh, let them all. Yeah, and there could be others. There there could Absolutely. be others. There could be the truth will start getting revealed. Other people more, involved. More and more is going to start coming out. More and more is coming out. Oh yeah, there could be others because in particular they said that it was. Uh, current and former WWE superstars were involved. Yeah. So one one of the worst things. One of the one, how many? Yeah one of uh, one of the worst things that came out was Vince was relaying this to that to that lady in a manner of well I'm trying to re-sign this guy to a contract and if you do this for him and with him. Okay. Uh, It'll help me get him re-signed. Yep. That's trafficking. <laughs> that, that, that is, is prostitution. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, it's that's right. 100%, 100% a lot more than just Vince being a skews bag. That's involving other, a lot of other moving parts now. There's right. a lot of people that uh, you know, facing some music coming up. That's trafficking. Yeah. And that's federal across state lines, anything that breaks the law, that's federal. That's, that's hard time. Yeah, because... Because one of the times, one of the times it was supposed to happen, he wasn't able to make it there because of a snowstorm. You know, he lives up 
uh, was it Alaska yeah. or somewhere Canada? I don't know, or yeah, somewhere in the United Canada. States where, yeah, the weather the weather's always horrible, and he couldn't make it there. So the girl has to send him a video of her taking a piss. If he can't oh, make okay. it there, he can't make it anywhere. Oh, oh. Blue <laughs> with the one two there. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's that's kind of traffic. So right so so did that's that happen? Did that happen with any other wrestlers? Was that part of uh, any other wrestlers uh, signing a contract? Yeah, it really makes you wonder, you know, because uh, there's been there's been God knows how many how many uh, how many guys and girls that he's had to that he's had to sign over the years, you know. It, it really makes you wonder just exactly how many people are implicated in this. Uh, and from from what uh, certain people in the know have said, uh, and I'm not talking like dirt sheets. I'm talking like actual, you know, former people like Eric Bischoff, uh, you know, people who are, uh, you know, Jim Cornette and whatnot. Uh, apparently there's a lot more that is yet to come out when it comes to all of this, uh, to all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a feeling uh, that this is just only the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, before we actually drill down even deeper into yeah, that iceberg. Know, the whole, the whole right. thing, the whole thing's kind of crazy because the guy's loaded with money and he made her sign a, a contract, an NDA, where she wouldn't reveal anything in exchange for X amount of money, which was $3 million. He was going to give her three different payments of a $1 million each. He gave her the first payment for a million, and then he said to hell with her, cut her off. I ain't, I don't, I'm not going to pay her no more. Well, wow. that violated, that violated the agreement. That'll blow that you violated up, the agreement, which made it okay for her to come forward and talk. And now, sue him. All he had to do was just pay her like he said, and it would have went away. Right. Which, I know that sounds ugly to say that, but looking at it from a business point, uh, just pay her what you said you're going to pay her, and you won't have no problem. Then she got to honor the agreement. Covered his ass. Yeah. Right. And for what it he sounds like, back, too, he, it, it sounds like he left, it's he, possible. He left the back door open right there to get railroaded like he is right now because he didn't even just honor Lord the Lord watch, watch your words now. You're talking about back doors being open and, and people getting railroaded. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, hey, let, me, let me let me amend that. Uh, he left the front door wide open, but the screen porch door. No, he left himself. He left himself. He left himself susceptible to uh, a lawsuit. There you go. Well, from what you know, from, from what it sounds like, though, even though he signed all those non-disclosure agreements, and maybe though, maybe you know, maybe those, uh, you know, he ended up paying those people in full. From the report that came out this week, the fact that, yeah, those non-disclosure agreements may not be, uh, uh, you know, may not be legal because of the fact that they were done uh, without the company's uh, 
you know, without the company knowing about it, uh, they may still come out and and reveal this information regardless. So, you know, he's just, I mean, my God, he, he, you know, he, he's just a, well, first of all, he was a dumbass to, 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 uh, to keep it away from the company to begin with. He's beyond screwed. But he's completely, there's no way out of it. That's why I, I hadn't even thought yeah, about it. I love like what, I love win what, situation. I love, I love what uh, you said, uh, Suicide Watch. I mean, the guy's disgraced, and legally, morally, history-wise, you know, his, his, his legacy, his tradition, everything's shot. I mean, the guy's got to be ready to go off the deep end. I know I But anyways, uh, we go from, you know, we go, we go from him. Uh, obviously, you know, there's going to be more information that's going to come out, uh, I'm sure, involving him. Uh, but over to baseball, where we have, in my opinion, at least I'm very, I'm very happy about this, even though it may, it may just seem like window dressing. Uh, yeah. The Boston Red Sox have officially added, or I should say Fenway Sports Group has officially added Theo Epstein, the former longtime general manager of the Boston Red Sox, as a part owner and senior advisor. And in particular, uh, according to one of the uh, sports guys, I think it was Sean McAdam, uh, who said that Theo Epstein was added due to, in large part, the fact that Henry and company feel like they have been ignoring the Red Sox in general. Oh, really? <laughs> and oh, really? that Theo, that Theo will be the one in charge. Well, and I love Theo. I love Theo, and the more power they give him, the better. Yeah. Because he's the only now, guy that he actually make, really gives a shit make, about baseball. Can he make John Henry spend money? I don't know. Well, yeah, that is a big that is a big question. If uh, you know, if if he can actually uh, get them to spend money, but uh, you know, from what I from what I read from Sean McAdam, there were only there's only three people that Henry had that you know that really influenced Henry throughout his time as a uh, as a baseball owner. There was Dave Dombrowski. There was Larry Lucchino, who is no longer, of course, with the uh, with the ownership group uh, and hasn't been for quite some time. And the third one was Theo Epstein. So, not saying it's going to happen, but uh, right. maybe, perhaps, they they brought him on board with the thought being, okay, you'll handle the Red Sox. We'll handle everything else. We'll handle all these other uh, things that we're dealing with. Like, uh, 
you know, like like PGA golf all of a sudden now. Amazing. Uh, Jim, you've heard of Stock in the uh, past several weeks. I'm sure you ch- you've listened in a little bit. I mean, Steve, yeah. Steve is like he was very, very passionate, very knowledgeable about all things uh, Red Sox. And I've taken an affinity to it. Like, I'm, I'm invested now because of being on the show, which I love so much, calling in and stuff. And it's amazing. Now I'm following it. And now I see, like, this is, Henry's absolutely just robbing the fans of a good team. It's disgraceful. Yeah, yeah I mean, and he knows, he, he knows he's doing yeah. it. He knows he's doing it. The majority of the fans know he's doing it, but they're so loyal to the team. They still go and pay the tickets, ticket prices, and souvenirs and memorabilia, and support yeah. the team. And it's 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 almost at a point where he's abusing the fans because he, really he knows is. what he's doing to them, and he don't care. I've gotten so I've gotten really really. Uh... Yeah, I'm pissed off about it. It's because such a proud, such a great fan base, and such a great tradition. It's a disservice to the fans. Who is it about at the end of the day? It's supposed to be about the fans. And yeah, like you said before, the person you know saving up to go to a, a game. The same thing in baseball. The, the the dad or the mom or you know bringing kids with the parking now. It's you know a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about them. He does. No. He doesn't care. Every. I mean. Sure I was. mean. This is. It's very simple. Every season, the spending goes down, yes. the revenue goes up, the profits go up. That's it. And he lets other people and take the ball. in last place again. You finished I'm in serious. last place again. Yeah. No, he's been a total dirtbag. You guys, you go, you and Steve have nailed it. And I'm curious, maybe they just thought <laughs> of the like, uh, you know, to put lipstick on a pig. Oh, yeah, look, we brought Theo back. I mean, what, what's the role, though? Come on. It's not going to mean they're going to spend. I don't think they are. That's it's right. It's kind of like uh, the facelift. I don't know what that. What the, I don't know about higher... that, though, because Theo, I kind of feel like Theo, Theo is such a big baseball fan that he, mm-hmm. wouldn't, he, he wouldn't leave his job uh, with Major League Baseball because he was a consultant. Uh, for on-field matters the last two years for Major League Baseball. I don't think he would leave a job like that if it were to just be, you know, a yes man for, for John Henry. Right. I don't know. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Well, I mean, the thing is, can could he be convinced we're going to give you this and this and this and we're going to let you have this power, this power, this power. And then Theo's like, okay, I believe you. And then they walk out of the office, and John Henry goes, <laughs> what a dumbass. Yeah. What a dumbass. You, can't spend, you can't actually make moves. We're not going to spend money. No, I've just, I, I, I never seen a hire like this. They're bringing back a name to give fans hope. He's not going to have any ability to spend. So it's, I, I just think it's a bullshit hire. It's a... It's a it's a put lipstick on a pig. It's a shit pig situation. John Henry's the pig. But I mean, you you know, if you're, I think if you're John Henry, you know, obviously at some point you kind of you you kind of have to get the have have to get the feeling of, uh, okay, I'm gonna start losing, you know, I'm gonna start losing fan support. Uh, and of course I say I say this, but then again, 
you know, this is the same, this is the same fucking ownership group who, uh, who tried to sell the, uh, who tried to sell fans at winter weekend on, Oh, go there for the Fenway experience. So basically you're selling, you're selling Red Sox games. Uh, This is how bad it is that Red Sox tickets are being sold at Costco. Like a theme park, great adventure. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's almost it's almost like it's almost like you know come experience uh, you know come experience Disney World. Uh, or we used to. Or we used to the Fenway Experience. We're gonna still we're gonna gouge the prices, but we still don't spend money on on how good our team is. But you're still gonna pay through the nose. Right. Even though we it's a total slap in the face to all the fans. Uh, but I mean, you you would ha- you would at least have to think that if you're John Henry, you look at what the Orioles just did, uh, getting Corbin Burns from the Brewers for practically nothing, and you know you see everybody else is improving, and meanwhile you're like, oh well, we got Lucas Giolito. Big one, you know. That'd be good in two or three. At, at some point. At some point, you have to be like, "Well, okay, maybe I actually do have to do something because otherwise, I'm I I, I could actually potentially lose uh, actual you know support." It's kind of safe. And by the uh, way, I, I, I think it's just a uh, you know it's a image hire. It's not a real hire where. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a, it's just glossing over the fact that he doesn't want to spend oh. money. I mean, what? Right. So Theo was the orchestrator. Oh. You know, the captain of the of the ship when it came to spending money and making good deals, and now he's brought back in some weird, different role I've hardly ever heard of. Uh, it just doesn't smell right to me. Play. He's not going to come back and spend money. I mean, I mean, you you look at you look at what other teams in the AL East are doing. You have a guy in Justin yeah. Turner who wanted to re-sign with Boston. He goes and signs with, with Toronto, and the reason he gave was, well, Boston, uh, I wanted to stay in Boston, but negotiations never got off the ground level. I mean, that's, that's literally how sad of an organization this is right now. Where, I mean, normally, okay, normally you, you've been struggling the last couple of years to, to get players to come to Boston. Here you have a guy that wants to stay in Boston. And you're like, for $13 million? No, we're good. You can go elsewhere. And yet, this team does not want to say, oh, well, we're, we're rebuilding. But they still pulled out that same bullshit that says, oh, we're going to be, we're, we're going full throttle. We're going to, mm-hmm. you know, pedal to the, pedal to the metal. We're going to be aggressive. And the only fucking move you make is, uh, is Lucas Giolito. I'm sorry. That guy's been so inconsistent. I mean, you cannot bank on that guy to be an ace or a number <laughs> two. He's been so erratic. I mean, come on. That's not a huge sign to me. Yeah, don't be a dick. I mean, it's not. I mean, stop 
spitting in the faces of your fans and just say that we are entering a rebuild. Yeah. Stop spitting in the face of your fans. We're not stupid. Wow, I'm watching. I'm watching. Sorry, well, I'm watching that's easy. That, 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 that's easy to say, but are we stupid or not? If we still go and pay Henry the money he keeps jacking up every year, are we stupid or not? I know you guys aren't. Most of the fan base might be. Yeah. A lot of people still pay that money. They want that Devers oh, jersey. The way, they want that, you know, they want that autograph. They're going to drive four hours from Maine and still pay through the nose for this stuff. Mm-hmm. They'll just blink. The they they way, won't uh, even blink. They'll just keep. People are still going to buy tickets and concessions. I mean, how many times? How many times? How many times do you have to finish in last place, and then in the off season not do anything to improve your team? And fans right. will still keep going and spending the money that you keep jacking up every year, raising prices. When does it stop? Oh, but Jim, it's the, when do fans say Jim, that's it's enough? The Fenway, it's the Fenway experience, Jim. Yeah. That's it. That's it. The mystique of the stadium is going to keep that money coming in. Yeah, it's the Fenway experience. Fans don't well, give somebody, a fuck about the team. They just want to go and see an old, decrepit stadium. Somebody fly over and drop a, a, a little small bomb on the green <laughs> monster and let's end this shit. I love to see yeah. that. Case closed. It's I mean, very it's, hard for me. It, it, it's, it's very – I mean, I love the players, but it's hard to support the team because of ownership. Uh, I can only imagine, man. I feel you guys, man. And again, major market. I've never really seen this. You could look at basketball, football. I've never seen it on any sports, pro sports landscape like this. He's literally hijacking the team. They have tons of money, and he's just not spending. I I have not seen this. You know, you can talk about Oakland or Milwaukee or any of these other teams, but to do this in Boston, you know, one of the heart, maybe the heart of America, right there on the Northeast, man, it's like, that's a baseball cash cow. Yankees, obviously, you know. Mm. Fenway Park is such a destination. Maybe he just he just doesn't want to spend. It's a, it's a really yeah. Difficult. No, instead it's pathetic. It's instead pathetic. he wants instead he wants to spend money on golf, and he's deciding. Nah, we're gonna spend. Well, mon- we're really- also gonna spend money, and we're gonna build apartment buildings around Fenway, so that people will uh, will pay to live. Uh, basically, uh, I guess they're going to call it Fenway Commons or something. Do you later family? It's fucking pathetic at this point. So ridiculous. He's, he's ski mask. He's robbing, the fans. he's robbing the fans. But I, you know, I still, I still look at this. I still look at this trade that I look at this trade that Baltimore made. Uh, to get Corbin burned, and it's like you mean to tell me that with the with the prospect pool that you have, I mean, granted, Baltimore has a pretty deep pool too, but with they the prospect pool that you have, Baltimore they gave up. Nothing. Baltimore gave up nothing. You mean to tell me that you couldn't beat that? They give Joey Ortiz like a utility man, like like top top twenty for them prospect, maybe better otherwise, but like a two sixty hitter. Small guy, nice glove. Like, 
and then D.L. Hall, a reliever, for Corbin Burns, a certified ace. Yeah, Baltimore's going all in. But, yeah, I mean, that's the Milwaukee small market where it's like that's, that's the way John Henry's treating the, his Red Sox, where they should be making moves like Baltimore. I mean, it's just, it's it, it, it's just really pathetic at this point. And I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a fair weather fan. You know, I've, I've been, I've been born and raised Boston, but right. I mean, at this point, it's like, why should I, why should I bother watching this, uh, watching a single fucking game this season when you can't even admit that you, that we're in a rebuild and you're still trying to sell people on saying that you know oh we're going to you know we want the world series this year you know we we want to uh we want to get back to contention and yet I mean, you've only you, made one you, major signing if you have any doubt if you have any doubt that all this is just money motivated by Henry trying to save money and not spend on the team. Listen to this. Last season, Hein Bloom, the uh, GM, turned down a trade where he could have got rid of Chris Sale in that $30 million a year contract he's got. He turned it down. He got fired. What's, what's the first thing that Breslow does as the new GM. He gets rid of Chris Sale. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, Blue and Mac, I, uh, Blue. that was one hell yeah. of a get, though. Jim, you nailed yeah. it. Uh, Blue actually acted like a savvy GM and got tried to get Hill, and he got fired for it. Might I add though that that was one hell of a get for them to for them to be able to get Grissom for yeah, a guy we, like we Sale think, who who hasn't been we, able we, to stay off think, of the injury. We injured think list. it was. We think it was. We don't know yet. We think it was. Right. I was, Hell, I was, I, Chris, Chris Sale will probably go to Braves and win twenty two games this year. Oh, of course, of course. That's where pitchers turn to gold over there. It's like Tampa. Oh yeah, he's going to be like twenty three and five. He's never going to get injured. He's going to throw, you know, 290 innings for the next eight years. And the whole thing, the whole thing with who we got, Steve, with Grissom, it, even if yeah. he turns out to be really, really good, as soon as the contract comes up, he's gone. I mean, that's what we are now. We're we're Tampa Bay. When somebody's contract comes due, they're gone. We're not going to pay you. The only reason they paid you know, I, I, was they had to they had to they had to sign somebody, one person, because they done got rid of everybody else. We got to sign at least one guy where they'll still come uh, yeah. and, and pay for the tickets, and we can still move our lie along about how we're still spending and we're still trying. You paid right. one guy. That's all you've done. You got rid of everybody else. Well, you know, I look at it. I look at it like this: that uh, now, granted, this is a very low bar here. But even if, uh, 
even if uh, what's his name uh, Grissom turns out to be a serviceable uh, everyday player at, at second base, that's still better that's than season? anybody else we could have put at second. Yeah. I mean, hell, we had fucking Pablo Reyes last year who couldn't hit for shit when it comes to power. Uh, but, oh, he can hit 300. Uh, he can hit 300 for contact, but yet when it comes to power, he had, like, I think two home runs. We had uh, – we, we put how old is Justin, how old is Justin Turner, 35, 36, third yeah. baseman. We yeah. put him in second. Oh God! I'll tell you what. Was, it's, it's, uh, I mean, the the, the Braves Steve, have shown themselves. Steve, go, go I told it. you. Steve, I told you two years ago what was going on, and I said Bloom yep. is going to be the next scapegoat. He'll get fired. He's the next scapegoat. Yep. Then they'll give the new GM a couple of years, so the scapegoat after Bloom. Cora. The next season, which is what where we're at right now, Cora's going to be the scapegoat. They're going to fire the manager. They'll hire a new and you manager know what, though? I'll say, to try to excite everybody. I'll... And then the, the <laughs> next year, the year after this, next year, Breslow will get fired. Then the next year, the new manager will get fired. And then after that, the new GM that they brought in to replace Bre- it's just a cycle. You know, Henry don't give a shit. There's going to be scapegoats. Yeah. He's going to always say, well, we're trying to win. We're trying to win. Yeah, Henry's on a yacht somewhere hanging out. Oh, that's, I feel so terrible about this. <laughs> yeah. Really hurt. Thank really you hurt. for everything you did, Alex. Thank you for, thank you for winning a championship for us when, when <laughs> I was willing to spend a little money. But, you know, I'm, I'm a... a it, 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 it's a little different now because uh, our fans have uh, champagne taste, and I got a beer wallet. Exactly. You know, I've, 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 uh, I follow the Red Sox a lot more now with you know with you and Steve calling in and hanging out and being part of the fam a lot, and it's it's ridiculous. They and you know what they have Raphael, they have a lot of young players coming up that are going to be good. Let's see if they retain them in four or five years. Nope, they won't. They won't. I, they, <laughs> Ask Mookie. They have, nice they have a nice farm system now. Ask Mookie. Ask Benintendi. Oh, God. Writing was on the wall Ask years ago. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, they don't want that. One, of, one of the next ones to go will be uh, Tristan Costas. Costas uh, probably. He'll be one of the next ones to go. Wow. Right. And then, he, then he'll, wherever he goes, uh, he'll probably end up too. hitting. Where, wherever they 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 get rid of uh, Casas for uh, uh, a dozen baseballs and a water cooler, uh, he'll probably go and have thirty homers and hundred RBIs and bat three fifteen for Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bello Bello will probably be gone too. Wow. Yeah, because he wants an extension. He 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 did he did the ultimate no no. I'm sure some of the players went to him and said. Do you realize what you did? You went public and said you want to sign an extension, yeah. dude. You're gonna be gone. You're gonna be. You don't say that around here. Yeah, it's 
it's very disappointing with what they're, with, with how they're handling this once proud organization uh, to where now they're basically being looked at as a laughing stock um, at this point. And you know, it, it used to be where bought where uh, the top two teams in Boston were the Patriots and the Red Sox. And now all of a sudden, that's you know, the bottom two teams. Yeah. And you know another thing too, uh, the Orioles, uh, the Orioles getting their new um, their new ace uh, in Corbin Burns. This comes on yeah. the heels of them selling the franchise to a group led by David, by a uh, billionaire, David Rubenstein. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be. That's so. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, how, I'll tell you how bad it is with the Red Sox. I'll tell you how bad it is. I got a, I got a really good friend, Steve, you know him. Um, that's a diehard Yankee fan. David Cadmus, longtime friend. Mm-hmm. And we've always had these very nice, rivalries over the years, the Red Sox and Yankees, and it was always so much fun, you know, because both teams were so competitive and the games were good. And, you know, in one year you'd have the bragging rights, and next year they'd have the bragging rights. He he told me, he said, Jim, I don't don't know what y'all are doing, but I miss the days when it was so much fun that both our teams were so competitive. I I said, I miss it too, David, but that's not us anymore. That's from right, a Yankees you know, it, fan. It, that's from a Yankees <laughs> fan, Steve. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's exactly the same thing that I that you know that I said uh, a couple weeks ago on the on the show that you know you have Yankee fans that that are actually hoping that the Red Sox turn things around because they actually miss the rivalry. When normally yeah. Yankee fans should be dunking on Red Sox fans any chance they get. Yeah. That's true too. So it's you know it, it's just really uh, it's it's just really mind boggling the the uh, the route that uh, that jo- that John Henry has decided to take with this Red Sox team. And I mean, hell, even you know the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Rays—they're a small market team, but they're even—they're even you know making moves. Uh, you know, granted, they're not—they're not big moves, but they're still better moves than anything that Boston has made. They picked up—they uh, just picked up Phil Matten today. That's still the best, uh, formerly the best developmental team. That, I mean, if you want to run and win a World Series. If you're anywhere in the MLB, hire someone out of that developmental. I mean, talk about scouting. Uh, that, I mean, they they make nothing. They make something out of nothing every year. They churn and burn. They they go through from Kiermaier to Evan Longoria to Carl Crawford to BJ Upton. Now they just traded Glass. Now, um, the, the, you know what I mean? All, they look, trade everyone. All, they, they will not. They will not. They will not the, spend uh, money. Look at all the. Look at all the. Look at all the pitchers they've had. They will not spend money and they will not stop losing. 
they always they always but win the, every year. They bring up but now here, they have a here, five, they have five of the best the prospects coming up them, next year. Alex. They have prospects here, here, every year. Here's yeah, the difference that? with them, Alex, and with Boston. They do it in a manner. They do develop great young talent, even all the way back to like BJ Upton and all. I mean, all these guys. Yeah. They develop great They're young mid. talent, but here's the key to it: they bring them up at a young age and they let them play. Boston they don't play yo-yo. Holds yeah. on to theirs and keeps them at AAA. Oh, they're going to be good. They're coming up next year. They don't ever bring them up and let them play. They don't play mind games. Yeah, I've noticed that. The Red Sox, they yeah. bring guys up. They put them on a yo-yo. Or even we were talking a couple Saturdays ago, Steve brought it up. You know, t- uh, Taylor Hawk and um, Cutter Crawford. And my, it's endless. A lot of different pitchers. You're a reliever. Next month, you're a starter. The guys are going, what the hell am I? The yeah. Red Sox don't even build anyone's confidence. They don't know what, like even how to develop now. They have a good farm. See, if now. they would, if they would just say, "Look, if they would just say, we, we cut payroll, but we think we got a great, a, a lot of great young talent, and we're going to bring them up. It's time to let them play. Hang in there with us. We may not win it this year, but by God, we're going to be competitive, and we may win it next year. Fans would get behind that. They would, they would get behind time. that. Yeah. They would get behind the new that's, young players, but you got to That's let all them they got to do. That's all they got to do is to, is you know stop insulting us with uh, all the with well, all this shit perfect. that oh we're going to be competitive and you don't do shit. Stop exactly. insulting yeah. us. And that's I all mean, they got to do. Stu- they make stupid. They make stupid decisions every year at the trade at the trade deadline. They have guys they that you know the contracts do. You know if you're John Henry, you know if you're the GM, you are not re-signing this guy when the season's over. And they still so damn hard headed wanting to trick the fans that right. were going for it that they don't trade in. them and get anything. We're all in, but they're right. Not. And they don't get anything of value when they right. sell on that. Yeah, they're and then not they don't all in. They're not going to keep them. They just Look want Justin you Turner. to keep filling up the stadium. Look at Justin Turner. They could have gotten a prospect or two out of him. Yeah, yeah it's just. I mean, we know <laughs> as fans, we know they're not going to keep these people. So we've kind of right. reserved ourselves down to the fact that trade deadline, okay, well, all right, we know we're not going to keep J.D. Martinez. What could we get for him? Who do you think? And then it's like, well, we can forget thinking about this because them dumbasses won't trade him. They're going to come back and say, we're going for it. We we, we think we got a good team. We're going for it. <laughs> and when they do, what what do we get for Mookie Betts? What did we get? Terrible. Nothing. Verdugo and trash. Yeah, I think Verdugo is kind of trashy, whatever. Yeah, and, and where order. is Verdugo now? Well, we didn't get nothing. We didn't get nothing. nothing. We got, nah, a guy he a now. got a guy for got a guy for Benintendi who ain't played because he stays hurt all the time. Hit about twenty home runs in seven years. And and, and I guess they just forget the catch that Benny made out in the left field 
that completely saved the series for them. It's like they don't appreciate anything. They, don't, I mean, you know, just uh, we want, you know, we're gonna we're gonna sell tickets. We're gonna sell memorabilia. We're gonna sell concessions. Like Steve said, we're gonna sell the Fenway Park experience. We don't care about y'all. No, we don't. Much. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, he's so he's so evil and hard headed. He won't just sell the team. If you don't want nothing to do around them, get rid of them. But 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 the thing is, he's still making buttloads of money because the fans still keep going and play. I mean, that's yeah. he, lowers that's, cost. he lowers that's his cost. Fenway's going to be cash out. He lowers his cost and raises income. And bottom line, I mean, the only way it's going to stop is if the fans just stop paying it. Exactly. Right. I hey, mean, uh, Jim, I heard back, one you know, of your... You could only imagine, though. Let's look at like like the Bronx in Yankee Stadium. It's never going to be half full. <laughs> if they if they suddenly yeah. if they if they suddenly turn off the uh, bank accounts there and the, the close their walls and said, "We're not signing, uh, we're not trading for Juan Soto, we're not re-signing Garrett Cole." If they started pulling this bullshit that Boston's been doing for half a decade, I, I you know I don't know. Yankee Stadium's still going to get filled up. Uh, they could do the same thing. They could well, still the make thing money. with the Yankees is. The thing with the Yankees is is they make so much money off the TV contract they got. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, could do the same thing. they could do the same thing right now and still make money. They could. They could. Oh, yeah. Jim, I forgot to add, too. John Henry also owns the Red Sox television station, Nesson, and he also owns the Boston oh, Globe. I didn't know he owns the Globe. I forgot to mention He's... that, too. So he was responsible for Don Orsillo being fired as Red Sox as Red Sox comment as the Red Sox lead commentator who was absolutely beloved in Boston, but Henry had a stick up his ass and fired him, and now he's uh, now he's producing award award winning commentary for the San Diego Padres. You know, with Henry, it's this this level of tyranny that he has had, you know, has been going on for years. And it's only just these last couple of years that all of a sudden he's decided, okay, I'm going to take it to the next level. I'm not going to spend. All because of David Dombrowski. All because Dombrowski decided, well, I want a World Series. So I want to spend. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, that's what, what Dombrowski did. Dombrowski, Dombrowski took a different approach with Henry than the other GMs have. Dombrowski took the approach as uh, I'm going to do it and apologize later instead of asking for permission. So Dombrowski uh-huh. would go out and sign these players to these contracts and make these trades and bring in bigger players and give them money and and win some championships. And then John Henry said, oh, oh no, 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 no. Screw this shit. You're fired. 
He's fired. I mean, I mean the thing that gets but me, But I Jim, won you titles. How, I, I don't give a damn. <laughs> You're fired. You're spending too much money. Why, you jerk? Yeah, the the thing that gets me, Jim, is how... How the hell? How the hell could? How the hell could an owner not want the extra profit from being in the playoffs? And not just that. You know damn well if they win a World Series, you get a sizable, huge increase uh, from the league as a bonus. I don't know. Maybe he. I mean, we we don't we don't know. It would make for an interesting documentary on Netflix. We don't know. Maybe Henry is just that small-sighted. Maybe he doesn't look at the big picture. Maybe he doesn't look at that potential. All he looks at is what's going out the door now, what he's spending right now, and what he gets back this year. Right. Maybe he doesn't look at the big picture like that, how he could capitalize off of something like that. If he goes all in and gets a Corbin Burns, Steve, That'll cost him a hundred million the next three years. Yeah, but he has, oh he has well, not, he's not he's not adding up the money. Going oh, but I'm going to make two hundred more because of that. He's saying no, I don't want to even spend that hundred million. I'm going to sit as it is. Exactly. And exactly. Check the, ticket booth, check the ticket stands and and the contract and let's just keep the money coming in. It's cash cow. Well, let's right, keep it going out of it. Well, right now they have forty million dollars less than what they had last year. But they're competing, Steve. <laughs> LeBron and the Lakers win in the Garden. $40 million less than what they had last year. And they're, and yet they want to try and sell us on competing. If you're competing, but you would find Jordan that. Montgomery right now. If you were competing, you would sign Blake Snell right now. They're not. They're giving but, lip service. You got no. But the, the, I guess the, right. the more naive, I don't judge anyone. But like the people who don't know as much as you guys, they're falling <laughs> for the. They're falling. They're falling for it. They're getting con. Yeah. The people showing up, spending four hundred dollars to drive three hours to go see with their two daughters on a weekend, they're the ones getting conned. Because the Red Sox are not putting yeah. together products that the fans deserve. I mean, hell, let's go. Let's let's segue over from 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 a team that that doesn't give a fuck about about their fans or about uh, about putting a respectable product out on the field to two teams that actually care about putting a respectable product on the field and also care about their fans the Kansas City Chiefs, and the San Francisco 49ers. Yes. You know, here you have Kansas City. Now, granted, let's keep in mind, football is a much different different sport than baseball when it comes to ownership and how much money can be spent. But here you have Kansas City who – put out what was it half a half a billion dollars to Patrick Mahomes and and look at and look at where it's gotten them they're perennial they're perennial Super Bowl contenders no matter how bad the de- or how bad the offense is they're perennial Super Bowl contenders because they have the magic man 
Then you have San Francisco, who dishes out a whole bunch of money to so many skill-level players. You know, they're they're basically perennial contenders each year. And you know what? They continue making money because you have those extra games that you're playing. Something that John Henry can't get through his thick skull. Yeah. Hey, keep investing in a good product, you, you make more money. Henry yeah. wants to sit at the baseline, the bottom line, status quo, and just make, you know, make money over fifth, <laughs> slow, dripping in. He doesn't want to reinvest. He's already sitting on a cash cow on a yacht somewhere, just hanging out. Yeah, Mo. Yeah. yeah, and he didn't even bother to show his face at winter weekend because instead he had another fucking ice cream date with his uh, with his daughter. Oops, I mean wife. Uh, that he had to uh, that he had to tend to apparently. That would take balls. Doesn't want to doesn't want to face criticism. Uh, no. Last year when he attended yeah. uh, when he attended w- winter weekend he got booed. Uh, Astounding levels uh, during the Red Sox town hall. <laughs> now, what I found funny though about this year's town hall though was that Craig Breslow got cheered, but as soon as Sox management started talking, the fans were drowning them in booze. But Alex Cora, Cora got cheered. Breslow got cheered. You know, it's it's like I said before, we're not stupid. Oh, I mean, some are, but not everybody. I mean, it, it, uh, before it stops, to take him to sell or something health-related because, unfortunately, he's not going anywhere until something happens. He can sit around and just right. collect money, which is terrible. It's terrible. Now, we also saw that with the Clippers, uh, Donald Sterling, but others, other stuff about him surfaced. You're speaking about Vince McMahon before. That's kind of interesting. I mean, he had different uh, lawsuits going on. He was forced to sell. Daniel Snyder forced to sell. There's different things that could happen in the future. If he keeps the side of the street clean, though, if, he's not having, if he doesn't have any crazy stuff going on that we don't know about, he could sit pretty and just collect from his yacht. So I mean I think from a Boston perspective you're hoping that something something sticks a ship <laughs> that or he yeah. just sells he just sells because right now he's just making money just laughing at the fans. Well now we have uh, you know I mentioned Kansas City and I mentioned San Francisco uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, I'm fully convinced now that it doesn't matter who Kansas City is facing. They're just going to win, period. If they're the underdog, if they're the if they're the favorite, whatever. It doesn't matter who they fucking face. They're just going to win, period. Because Baltimore, Baltimore steamrolled opponents all season long, and then all of a sudden it's like they face Kansas City. They saw the the big glow that Patrick Mahomes brings and uh, and the the Taylor Swift experience, and then all of a sudden it's like they forgot how to play football. Right. Because I think they did. You know, like Baltimore, it's like Baltimore, you know, their strength was their run game, and they completely abandoned the run against Kansas City. 
and and let's let's be honest, Lamar, Lamar Jackson wanted to be on par and wanted to show the world, hey, you know what? I can throw just as well as Patrick. Dude, use your feet, run around a little bit. No, Baltimore didn't. Baltimore didn't play like Baltimore usually plays. They abandoned their own personality. They they try to be someone else they're not. Kansas City was like, all right, we're just gonna win. I mean, Lamar didn't even scramble. They didn't run the ball like you said, Steve. I mean, what are they doing? What are they doing there? Kansas City's like, we're just Kansas City's way too smart. They won that game. I mean, they had a net differential of they had a net differential of plus two hundred and three this year. Baltimore did compared to Kansas City's plus seventy seven. Baltimore was steamrolling teams, even good teams. Yep. They were yep. steamrolling them. And it's like Every all of people. a sudden they faced all of a sudden they faced the Magic Man and uh the Taylor Swift experience and now all of a sudden they forget how to play. Then you shake it off, yeah. huh? I was really it also didn't with help either that there was a uh, it, it didn't help either that uh, that they had a uh, pro Kansas City uh, referee squad out there too, but well, that's beside the times, point. You're gonna have that more times than not, right? I mean, yeah, I think Baltimore just didn't play the way they're they're usually playing, right? But like you said, they didn't run the ball at all. You can't get the ball right. at home. Boy. I kind of called it about two, two Saturdays ago. I said, Detroit, just run the ball. If you get up, you you guys agreed. Like, don't give it back to San Fran. I mean, Campbell should have taken the points. I know we're talking about KC. Yeah, Baltimore just played scared. I don't know. Maybe Lamar's not even near that level because he didn't show it to me. He didn't show it to me. I, he didn't look like a top-ten quarterback to me. I don't know. Well, Lamar outperformed Patrick Mahomes, actually. If you want to talk about stats, he outperformed mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, 20 of 37, 272 yards. He did have that pick, but he did have a touchdown thrown. Uh, he also ran eight times for 54 yards, whereas Patrick Mahomes, uh, 30 of 39, 241, one touchdown, and then he ran six times for 15 yards. So, you know, stat-wise, Lamar outperformed Mahomes, but yet you take a look at the run game, and you know Kansas City—they were rushing, they were shoving it down Baltimore's throats with uh, with Isaiah Pacheco, uh, twenty-four yeah. carries, sixty-eight yards, yeah, and a Pacheco. touchdown. And yet, apart from you, take away Lamar Jackson, and. Any of the other running backs, you only had eight carries between the three of them. Wow. <laughs> For like 27 yards. Jim, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. Jim, what do you think, Jim, about, about uh, maybe I misspoke. I mean, what do you think about Lamar? Yeah. I know that's hey, different. I just, I didn't think Lamar, I didn't think Lamar hey. looked good or, or acted good. I didn't think Lamar was impressive at all. I think, uh, it's just my opinion, he has, he'll put up great stats through the season. He'll have a big game here and there, but he's not a, he's not a, uh, he's not a clutch playoff quarterback. Um, I think Steve brought up about the running game 
I mean, if if they can run the ball, he looks a lot better. But if they can't, um, his passing has gotten better. But I just I don't think he's a guy that's going to lead you to to championships. Now he he's gonna he's gonna put stats up. He's gonna sell tickets. He's going to a lot of regular season games and getting the play playoffs. But um, I don't know that he's a guy that's going to win Super Bowls. I just thought I he just didn't do that well. I, I I still think at the end of his career, when everything's said and done, I think he'll get one. I, I'm not an anti. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he will. I, I'm I'm not an anti Lamar guy. I just wasn't impressed. I think he was sitting in the pocket trying to prove like he could play like Mahomes. When the whole year. You know, like Steve, you said they were running it more, but I mean, he should be looking to run more. I, he was sitting in the pocket all day. Right now, he's got 54 yards. Now, if I'm trying to right. beat, if I'm beat Mahomes, if I'm if I'm Lamar, I'll run for 100 yards and get to the Super Bowl. He, he wanted yeah. to sit in the pocket. You know, one of the things that I found so impressive, though, uh, this is the first, I, uh, this is one of the first games that I can remember, at least where a quarterback actually caught their own pass <laughs> like Lamar did with the ball going off of a uh the ball going off of a defender's helmet and Lamar ends up catching it and uh and running for 13 yards afterwards I don't think I've ever seen uh a quarterback actually do that or if I have I can't remember um, the thing that struck me the most, though, is you take a look at at a couple of the a couple of of of, uh, of his receivers. Nelson Aguilar, besides that thirty nine yard catch, he had nothing else after that. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. You know, Super Bowl a, a former Super Bowl champion with the L.A. Rams, only had three catches for for twenty two yards. And Zay yeah. Flowers, you know, the rookie, had had an, an amazing game, but he had two crucial yeah. penalties that you just can't make in the fourth quarter. Crucial. Crucial. You know, like the unnecessary. I think was it was a one of them was taunting, and I think the other one was like unnecessary roughness or something. And it's like. Uh, especially after he he had such a huge play, it's like you can't be doing that when when you're in such a clutch situation. That ultimately is what I believe screwed Baltimore over, is the fact that you know they had momentum going, and then all of a sudden those two back-to-back penalties by by Flowers and all that momentum is immediately sucked out. Yo, that Flowers TV. What they when they when they got all the way down to the ten, he got up, taunted the guy, hovered over his face mask, then spun the ball next to him, pushed him down. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is in the, this is on uh, fifteen minutes away from a Super Bowl, team, <laughs> and he's doing this. I mean, you're begging. Yeah. Me. So he does that. Then he so gets up is. and makes retribution, and then five minutes later. He's inches away from the goal line, and he reaches out. I don't think that was a bad – it wasn't like a mental miscue by him. It was just terrible. It was a great defensive play, I think. But, yeah, at the end of the it's day, tough. the history books will say Flowers messed up twice. I mean, they were going to close within yeah. three if they scored there. 
but they stayed, you know, down 10. But, yeah, I mean, Flowers, yeah, I mean, the receivers didn't do enough. Beckham did nothing. I mean, he's done. He's had five injuries, you know, 18, you know, drama incidents. I mean, I wouldn't bring back Beckham anywhere if I'm a playoff team. He really didn't show up. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been over that guy for four or five years. He's, Beckham hasn't really done much at all. Hey, let me yeah, let me I ask mean, you guys something. Let me ask you guys something because uh, I'm not I'm not on here that often, but I know all of you were involved. Lou, Alex, Steve, what y'all yeah. think about our uh, games gridiron game this season, where you were uh, picking football games and and you had you had the uh, game lock, you had games gamble, you had games gift. What'd you think about all that stuff? I thought it was awesome. I thought it I was wish awesome. I would have done better. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, Lou, I think you beat Steve, though, didn't you? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Let me double check, actually. Uh, no, actually, not, I'm not, Lou, I, don't get me wrong, Lou. I'm not trying to say that's a lot to brag about. But if you right. can at least beat the host, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Jim, I am one point. I am one point ahead of Lou and Alex, depending yeah. on what happens oh with God, the Super Bowl. Oh my God! Y'all got a dog fight going into the Super Bowl. Well, what? Oh yeah. But well, I mean, yeah. Jim, I think it's, I think it's uh, been awesome. I think it's been awesome. I love the community. It's it's just good, man. It's good. It's a great site. Yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. You, I mean, every time you and, on, uh, it's, it's always the next thing coming up, it's a low, whole lot of fun that people really get into because there's like daily, hourly updates and stuff is March Madness when we when wow. we pick the tournament. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Because you may be bragging one day and the next day you may be hiding. <laughs> <laughs> or, in, or, in my case, or in my case, you just hide. <laughs> well, like I tell, I like I tell Lou and Steve, man, Jim. I mean, I found your, you guys through through Lou. Introduced me to Steve. I keep calling Saturdays. He hasn't kicked me out yet. I said, okay, let's keep calling. <laughs> yeah. Jim, you gotta come on my I'll, show. I'll, I'll ride this till the wheels go off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love these games. They're a lot of fun. A lot of people get into them, and and hell, you know, anybody can win them. Anybody can put together a pretty good season, like. Jen did last season. Then, damn, she can come back and have another good season this season. Man, she now, was up there. Uh, by the UConn, way, guys, UConn's number um, one again. Amazing. We'll see if they win it all. I, impossible to repeat. But hey, guys, I am. I am well, see, I got kind of this, this season. This season, I wasn't paying Alex. This season, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to it. About halfway up, there's this one guy that's up there leading every week. And I know he don't make his own picks. I know he makes them from watching TV uh, prognosticators, where they they yeah. tell you how to gamble and 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 what they would pick. And that's how he makes his picks. So it kind of pissed me off, and I'm like, I need I need to focus on this a little bit more, and see if I can't, you know, come up and 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 put him in his place. And that was my whole motivation this season. And hell, Steve, I, what's he down to now? Like fourth, fifth, sixth place, something like that. Wow. Uh, I mean, he he, he took a fall. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's down to he's down to sixth after. Uh, you know, this is the same guy who decides. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until until certain injury reports come out before I make my picks. Um, right. Which, of course, he decided to do, but. Uh, you know, it's just ultimately, and by the way, that reminds me, I do have to get to work on the uh, banner officially uh, for you, Jim, because I think you have officially <laughs> clinched. Yeah, yeah, it's it's clinched. Right. Yeah, even uh, if uh, Tim and I disagree on the Super Bowl and he's right, he still loses. Get this, guys, and this ain't the first time this has happened. This is how good this game is. All of this season, all of these games, all of the locks and the gambles and the gifts, the bowl bonanza, Kim would still lose by one point. Wow. That's hard to yeah. live with. <laughs> I never had Tim uh, call in, man. Tim should call into the show. Steve's show. That'd yeah. be awesome. Well, yeah, he's he, uh, too busy. He, He's too busy out buying buying Phillies and Sixers and Eagles memorabilia. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's too busy. But, he's too busy willowing see, in, uh, in is, Philadelphia sorrow. This is uh, this is kind of poetic justice, Steve, because I actually lost a season by one point to wow, my son that's one right. year. Oh boy. Well, That's my right. son beat me by one point. <laughs> and trust me, he ain't never forgot it. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Jim, so me, points, I got I to gotta ask you about, uh, uh, once we get off of this, I got to ask you about the, uh, about the Detroit game, because talking about points uh, with that. But go. Uh, but I'm, I'm sorry, continue. Points on, oh. Got a line? What, what do you mean? You know, you know the, lions, the Lions. Uh, no, no. You know, you know how the the Lions they had two opportunities to go for a field goal, and they decided, nah, instead oh, yeah. we're going to go for the touchdown, or we're going to go, we're yeah. going to try to convert on fourth down. And uh, it ultimately okay, to disclose them. to disclose full confidentiality. Those those games happened in the middle of a four day period, where we had to do without Wi Fi, phones or anything because everything was down oh. here. I did not see those Shit, games. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Shit. Yeah. So I didn't but see I, them. I mean, I just know how I made my picks. Kim came well, to Jim. me, you know, and he's he's a point or two behind. And he's trying to hear what I'm going to say so he can figure out how to make his picks, probably just to pick against whatever I say <laughs> so he might could get points and win. So I you, you, always have a, you always have a good appreciation, I, for, appreciation for coaches. I mean, it starts at the top, yeah, I, I, and I'm a huge believer. I, it starts any, – any Super Bowl, any conference championship, any Stanley Cup winning team, it's going to have a great coach, right? I thought I just – I don't know, Steve, where you were going with it, but, I mean, Campbell – they the Detroit got to, to how far they did because the guy was so ballsy. Every fourth and two, every fourth and three. He was like Doug, Doug Peterson, but actually looked looked tough. 
he was a bigger, better Doug Peterson. You know, I, I love, I love call, Dan Campbell. Guy. But I love, I love, I love Dan Campbell. Campbell. But I, I mean, love Dan Campbell. Campbell. But you you can't you can't underestimate Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, it's true. But and like same with the, same with Kansas City. Same with Kansas City with Andy Reid. I remember telling uh, Kim uh, a couple of weeks ago. I said, "There's no way." There's no way Kansas City's going to go through all of this and get to the Super Bowl. There ain't no way they're going to go on the road and beat Buffalo and then turn around and go on the road again and beat Baltimore. They're not going to do that. But damn if they didn't do it. Well, that's because they had the magic man, Jim. They have well, the they have the magic man, man and they seem the magic – maybe man. it's just me, but they seem yeah. to get a lot of calls. <laughs> Well, yeah, they, really like a, they had a. It's like I said, they they had a pro Kansas City, and now, granted, maybe this is just me being bitter yeah. because you know I hate Kansas City, but uh, they had a they had a referee crew who statistically uh, this season were in or the last couple of seasons, I should say, not just this season, were more in favor of Kansas City than they were in favor of of uh, Baltimore. Yeah, I saw that games too. that they had done. But still, you know that doesn't. Uh, if you're if you're if you're a, a rookie like uh, like Zay Flowers, you don't make the same mistakes that he made uh, to, you know, basically screw the Ravens out of uh, out of potentially tying the game, if not, uh, you know, if not maybe having a chance to win the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm a random fan, right? Look at look at my perspective. I'm right. I also bet I also bet the Ravens. No, actually, sorry, man, I bet the Chiefs. But no, I'm looking at the game. I, when you make a play like that, good God bless you, great play. And then he gets up and spins the ball, shoves the defender down, taunts him. I mean, come on, you got to be. Are you stupid? So it's not like it, the refs weren't working in their favor for for key plays during the Kansas City game. Uh, Baltimore shot them. Baltimore didn't play well. I don't think it was a ref thing. I mean, the, the Ravens did not do themselves any favors with or without the refs. Right. But but still, it doesn't help that things weren't, uh, you know, things, things were already against them to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, I would go out on the limb and say not much of a limb. I, I, I said it two weeks ago, Steve. I mean, that I think Kansas City was the best team. I, I right now I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. No, I do not. There's certain factors, <laughs> refing, uh, Andy Reid, Mahomes. You put that together, you, then you throw a little Taylor Swift. The NFL would love to make money and have Taylor Swift as part of the Super Bowl. That was big too. Uh, you can't tell me that's wrong. I mean that's true. The NFL is going to be a lot richer with Taylor Swift during the Super Bowl. They've already put out numbers as to how much – they've already put out numbers as to how much her being at games and her being able to promote her and uh, and other fans that she's brought in, her, some of her fans that don't even know what football is, now they're watching. It was it's like 300-something million dollars she's generated for the NFL. Unbelievable. And you don't think they want that to go to continue into sure the Super Bowl? Of and I, I'm sure they want. I'm sure they wanted Detroit to win so they could have used Eminem. 
I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking that way. I'm, yeah, I'm, damn, look at my betting record. I'm, I'm definitely no Nostradamus, but I know that much. I know enough that if it was a close game, I knew, I knew Kansas City was somehow going to win because the betting guy. I mean, the NFL wants them in there. I mean, Taylor Swift. Yeah. The cash- So, you know, I, I, I mean, okay, if you, if if uh, if Taylor Swift is that big of a uh, is that big of a draw for the NFL, well, fine. Then let's just let's just uh, cancel the AFC side of the season each each season, and let's automatically put Kansas City in the uh, in the Super Bowl every year. Who's going to play the Chiefs? That'll be the theme of every year. Who will be the Who will play against the Chiefs? <laughs> I'm bitter. I'm bitter from last year that the yeah. Eagles should have had them. But, no, I mean, I, this year, I, like I said, I, I don't think Baltimore played their best. And Kansas City's on a mission. They did I agree. When you have I the agree. Man, I, don't think they, I don't think they did either. When you have the Magic Man, and, you think, and then and I think Andy Reid's incredible. I know I'm biased as an Eagles fan. I love him. But that's a crazy combo. And the Chiefs, yeah. and now the Chiefs, Chiefs have their best defense in the last half decade last nine or ten years, the Chiefs' defense is really good now. So, hey, they made it there. I, I mean, I, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I just – I don't know. I can feel that. Have we seen a spread yet? Anybody seen a spread? Minus two. Uh, uh, yeah, Chiefs, that's what I was Chiefs about to two. say. So that's the one Chiefs I – Who's favored? Yeah. Who's favored? Niners. Niners minus that's two. That's almost that. That's almost a pick 'em. Yeah, yeah. I was I yeah, was gonna say I I don't know how you can. Is it is it this a rematch? Hasn't Kansas City beat them before? Well, that'd be back what Montana? Um, what? Yeah, right. Montana Chiefs didn't they play Jim back in the day? I thought they I thought they played. Now wait a minute. Who did San Francisco play when Garoppolo was quarterback? A good question. I don't know. Uh, was it Kansas City? It was Kansas City, I think. Yeah, thirty-one twenty. Kansas City yeah, beat them when they had twenty. Yeah. yeah. And and the reason why, if you think back, San Francisco was known for running the ball that season, and Garoppolo not having to be forced to throw. And Kansas City took the run away from them. Now, are they going to take the run away from McCaffrey? If they do, they're going to beat San Francisco again. It's worth yeah. noting too that it's worth noting too that Kansas City had a much better attack too. You had Tyreek Hill, yeah, you had Sammy Watkins, you had Damian Williams. Yeah. But but if Kansas City can run the ball with McCaffrey. And and some some reverses and stuff with Debo, then Kansas City may have their hands full. Exactly. And it, it, you I know, think it's I think, I think I the whole game. Me. I think the whole game will come down to can San Francisco run the ball. I feel at yeah. least that San Francisco has a better offense this go around. They got Brandon Ayuk. You you replace Kendrick Bourne with Brandon Ayuk. You still have Debo out there. You don't have Emmanuel Sanders, uh, but you do still have George Kittle. Yep. 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 You still you have got George Kittle. You replaced. Yep. 
You replaced Raheem Mostert with uh, with McCaffrey. Uh, Kansas City, though, you don't. You replaced Damian Williams with Isaiah Pacheco, which is a downgrade. I feel. Uh, yeah, you still have Kelsey. Oh, Pacheco. Uh, you Come don't. on, Pacheco's, Pacheco's great. Pacheco's damn good. Put some respect. I was going to yeah, say that. Not, I, I was going to say I don't know. I was going to say I don't know if that's a downgrade. <laughs> He's a badass. That guy's on fire. He's on fire. He's going to score. Yeah. He'll, he'll go for 80, 90, 100 yards in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but uh, it, the other thing is, I mean, if you look at the rosters, if you look at the players, I think San Francisco's got the best roster. I mean, you look look yeah, at their do. defense. Look look at the All big year. names they got on defense. All year. I mean, they got right. stars. They got stars everywhere. Uh, they, they've been I mean, trend, though. I mean, look, 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 Green Bay. Green Bay had him on the ropes, what, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Detroit, Jesus. I mean, come on. They should have won that game, I thought. But they <laughs> they're won. very vulnerable. But they're not they this big winning. bad defense. But they're not this big bad defense. Chase Young's been awful. Uh, Joey Bosa, sure. But, like, San Fran, I keep hearing all this, this big bad thing about their defense. They can, they can get lit up. Uh, Mahomes could score 35, 40 points on them. Possibly, but yeah, I don't you know. Take a, I don't you know. take a look at yeah, uh, Drake, 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 Drake Greenlaw have. may pick him off twice. Drake Greenlaw may pick him off twice. Yeah, and and it's yeah. worth it's worth noting too. They didn't have Javon Kinlaw back then. They didn't have uh, they didn't have Chase Young. They didn't have Javon Hargrave. So there, there's a, you know, this San Francisco defense ain't the same defense that it was uh, that got lit up, uh, yeah. that got 31 points put up on them. And, uh, and I, I can tell you, I can tell you, I can tell you a difference between Detroit and Kansas City. Yeah. Detroit's offensive line, Detroit's offensive line is better than Kansas City's. Much better. Detroit's got a great line. And it's the top three lines. It's worth Eagles, uh, Detroit, it's also, Cowboys, maybe. Detroit's got a great line. It's also worth noting, too, that uh, Kansas City doesn't have the Honey Badger to save them this year. They don't have uh, Tyron Matthew, who was a huge part of their defense in that Super Bowl. Yeah. I, man, that's painful. San Francisco talks so much crap about being so much better than everyone. Uh, I, I don't I don't know. Who are you guys yeah. picks? I mean, I'm going. I, I think the Chiefs are going to win that. I don't know yet. I don't. I don't. I I hadn't thought about it enough. Just first instincts. First instincts is I don't think Kansas City can. I, I I think it's Cinderella time. I think the. I think it's about to strike midnight on them. And I think San Francisco will win because they've just got better right. players. Yeah. But. It scares me that it always seems like Kansas City gets every crucial call. They really do get a lot right. of calls. They really do. They, they're really at the 12th man wearing stripes every day. When it comes to Kansas City, they always have the rest. I mean, I, I look at it so, like this. Quart, uh, as far as quarterback goes, quarterback obviously is uh, is Kansas City. Running back, I would give the edge to San Francisco just slightly with McCaffrey. Uh, wide receivers, 
Uh, I mean, I would probably say San Francisco because, you know, this wide receiver core, even though even though they got back McCall Hardman, Hardman hasn't really done much this year. Uh, you know, Sky Moore and, you know, Rasheed Rice, if anything, has probably been their top receiver uh, for – or no, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, actually. This is the worst uh, – uh, I'm sorry, but this is the worst uh, receiving core of any Super Bowl Kansas City team. It just I agree. Is. I'll, I'll, I agree. Say, I'll, I'll say this about I'll say this about the Niners. If Kyle Shanahan's smart and their defensive coordinator is smart, they'll go dig up old tapes of the Patriots' defense under Belichick playing Mahomes and how how you should defend the the Kansas City offense. Double-team Kelsey. I don't give a crap what else you do. Take Kelsey out of the game, and you'll win. It looks like uh, it looks like Jarek McKinnon has been activated for Kansas City, so uh, he is likely to, to possibly play in the Super Bowl. Uh, they may be without Joe Tooney, though. With a torn well, they, with a torn they, pectoral, they were just fine last week. I mean, yeah, that's a big loss, but it's not going to you know end their end their Super Bowl. I like what Jim no, said. I mean, right, but there. game plan against Kelsey, that is their that's their that's their guy. Point blank, obviously Mahomes. Yeah, you can't. It, you used, know, it you, used to be it you used have to, to be Tyree Hill. It used to be Tyree Hill, and if you watch any of the old NFL films, um, yep. Uh, where the Patriots played Kansas City and the and and can, uh, the New England would double team Tyreek Hill, and they had players mic'd up like the McCordy twins, and so you would hear them talking to Tyreek Hill saying, "Not today," and Tyreek Hill would say, "Y'all taking me out?" I mean, it's obvious what New England was doing. They were going to take out yeah. the biggest threat and make you beat them some other way, and that's what that's what San Francisco needs to do now. Who does Mahomes always look? He always looks for Kelsey when he needs something. Take him out and take your chances with the others. And if some of them have a big day and beat you, God bless them. So but be it. So be it. You got to yeah. You got to take Kelsey out of it. Let, let a role player beat you. It's like if you you know double yeah. team Kobe. Double team. If that Iverson. happens, it happens. Ain't nothing you can do double, about it. Double team a star shooter. Let someone else. Double team Reggie Miller. Let someone else on the Pacers beat you. Yeah, yeah. You gotta eliminate. You gotta eliminate. You gotta cut the head off the snake. Eliminate Kelsey. Something Double that could. Up. Something that could be a uh, that could be potentially a factor on the Kansas City defense. Uh, that one of their edge rushers, Charles Omenihu, uh, sustained a torn ACL in the win against Baltimore. So he's obviously out for the Super Bowl. Uh, that could be big when it comes to potentially getting to uh, getting to the getting to Brock Purdy. Purdy, Purdy. Considering Omanee is probably one of their better edge rushers. Yeah. Another another thing I I would think about if you're thinking in terms of trying to figure out who's going to win or the spread or something, I would think about in terms if I'm looking at the Niners and their defense because <laughs> everything for Kansas City is is probably going to be dictated by the offense and Mahomes. It, do they have the type of players on defense with their defensive end rushers and their linebackers 
they can contain Mahomes and not let him get outside and buy more time, if they can keep him in the pocket and double-team Kelsey, they're going to beat the Chiefs if they can do that. Now, they may not can do that. Mahomes may get out and run run all over the damn field, and then Kansas City's going to win. It's just you have to to think of these little things that matter, and and the O-line and defensive line, I mean, I think – San Francisco's D-line and linebackers are way better than Kansas City's O-line. Way better. Yeah. So, no, no, you know, um, at three, and, and at, a at lot, three, and, you know, that, in all honesty, that's where a lot of games are won, really, is up front. And, of course. You know, and then after it's over, everybody says, oh, well, the O-line was better. But going into the game, everybody's talk, talking about, you know, all the offensive stars, Mahomes and Brock Purdy and McCaffrey and, you know, yeah. Kelsey and all these people. They don't talk about yeah. the, the big guys up front. But that's no, where a lot of games are won and lost. Even from, you know, early on, even from the Packers with Mike Holmgren, but Andy Reid, throughout his coaching career, he's always said, you know, uh, championships or, you know, division titles, the big games that are won in the trenches, a.k.a. offensive line, defensive line. So yeah, for better. I mean, Eagles have fallen short, but yeah, you know what? Most most dra- draft days, they're taking DN, they're taking offensive guards, they're taking Jason Kelsey's, they're taking Brandon Grant. Yeah. You know, big people. And, big, that, and I was going to say that big, about the Eagles. That I was going to say that you about know, the Eagles. I mean, right now all you're hearing about is Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, but it starts yeah. up front with that old line. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think speaking I, of which, Champion has a shot. Because they have a great D-line. Uh, you can have all the skill possession people in the world, but big people beat little people, especially in the NFL. I mean, yeah, they do. If, if Speaking they of time, which, Jim, there is, a, there is a rumor, by the way. Uh, you, you talk about, about having a good offensive line, Jim. They're, they're, uh, you know, I hate to get off the Super Bowl here for a second, but uh, I heard a rumor that the Patriots may be going uh, with Joe Alt. As the number three pick, Third pick. if uh, <laughs> Elliot Wolf is in charge, and John Henry, <laughs> God, but they're not they're not gonna but they're not gonna extend Mac Jones. So you're 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 not gonna keep your quarterback, and you're not gonna draft a quarterback. No, they'll probably take Bo Nix with the with the second round pick. <laughs> no, Bo won't. Bo will get drafted. Late in the first, and, like and it him. will be a bust. It will be a bust. He's not going to be any good, but somebody's going to draft him late in the first. Sorry, thirty-five. <laughs> he had nineteen years in, in college. I would look at it like this: if they're gonna, if they're gonna end up wasting every Patriot fan's time and take yeah. a and take a lineman, then trade out of oh. the number three pick. You got to be kidding me. Quarterback. Trade out of the number three pick if you're if you're gonna waste if you're gonna waste all of your fans' time and and take a lineman, then trade down to number five or trade down to number six, where or or trade you know, or trade your number three or trade your number three pick to the Bears for Justin Fields. And let and them nine. have the first pick and the third pick. Let them draft Caleb Williams, and then they have the third pick too. 
Yeah. Or, and you at least know, have Justin Fields. I had seen a mock. Yeah, I had seen a mock. Uh, I had seen a mock draft or a mock trade that had uh, Justin Fields, the number nine, and I had the number I forget what other pick it was uh, in the future going to New England for the number three pick. Yeah, but I, it's it's hard. I mean. I've seen so many damn mock drafts. I don't even click the links no more to read them. Yeah, I don't know that mock draft <laughs> stuff anyway. You know, it's. I mean, it's like I could go put one out and put a link on Twitter or something. Now everybody's gonna click and see my mock draft. Like, who the hell am I? Well, <laughs> well, no, this wasn't. Well, no, this wasn't a go mock ahead, draft. This was. This wasn't a mock draft. This was a this was a trade scenario that was brought up by uh, by know, one of the NFL by one who? of the NFL. Uh, from who was it? From Mel Kiper? No, no, I forget. Wh- I forget which NFL media guy was, but it was one. It was one of the big media guys. It, it, it it's just somebody that's got a bigger title than the than than the people on this podcast. It sounds like because all it is all it is is his opinion. That's all it is. And unless, unless it comes from somebody like Kiper. Or McShay. what's the other guy's name? McShay? Yeah, McShay, McShay, yeah. Or, or the... somebody that's way up there at uh, CBS or somewhere. Uh, mm. I don't pay attention to it. Don't pay attention to it. Because most of them are homers. Most of them are homers. They're trying to they, – they've got their favorite team, and they're trying to do a mock draft <laughs> where their favorite team looks really, really good. Also, no different than you, me, or, or Steve, or Jim. Or, or Lou, I mean, seriously, yeah, right. some of these. Put exactly. Or, I mean, or, we or, could do a mock. You, we, could, we could have done a mock draft tonight and done just as good. Yeah, sure. Or, yeah, I always, I always prepped for my uh, fantasy baseball draft from Yahoo, and it's like some people are like, "Oh my God, I should take my." Tra-. I said, "You're listening. You're reading notes. The the, the person re- writing for Yahoo or CBS most times is an intern who's like 19 years old. I'll take my two cents <laughs> over there. I'll take my yeah. two cents over there." But I just, you know, I I, I just I re- I read something today uh, that said uh, Elliot Wolf, who's a former a former executive for the uh, for the Green Bay Packers, who is now seemingly running things for the Patriots. It sounds like because uh, the offensive coach that they that they hired was formerly with Green Bay, and now it sounds like they're trying to hire Ben Yabba Dabba McAdoo. Uh, to be an offensive assistant who was also with Green Bay. It, uh, it seems like being, see my 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 jokes better, Steve. You did the Yabba yeah. Dabba. I say I say Ben McAdoo, the illegit illegitimate brother of NBA star Bob McAdoo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See, I wouldn't know that. So. <laughs> Yeah. Bob McAdoo could shoot now. Bob McAdoo could shoot. I remember Ben McAdoo wearing those nine dollars coal shades. He's he's wearing those sunglasses that night. Don't you think with Belichick out, don't you think with Belichick not being in charge of everything now though, there's gonna be a little more input from from uh from Papa Kraft and his son. Um oh, if, yeah. if if they if they want Mac to be the quarterback, there would be a contract extension. If they there, think it's no time way. to move on, 
Don't you think no it's time Mike, to move on? They're going to say draft a damn quarterback. There, there's yeah, no way Mac Jones yeah, is the quarterback would, next year. There's no way. Yeah, you would they, think they, so. There's because, no way, uh, Mayo. Because, because Ma- the 50 year option was declined. So, uh, all right. So if you Mac not, is done. if it ain't gonna be Mac, ain't gonna be Mac, and it, it, it's not gonna be Bailey Zappi. It ain't gonna be him. No. He was I just in the not. right place, at the right time to get a little publicity and get to play a little bit. It ain't gonna be him. He's not a franchise quarterback. Well, yeah, then you gotta go draft. You gotta go draft one. <laughs> Obviously, or I trade know for one. Closely. I know they worked closely because uh, because they were they were coaching the Senior Bowl uh, earlier today. I know they worked closely with I think it was Spencer Rattler and whoever the quarterback was from Tennessee. Um, oh, uh, the guy shit. from Liberty. I, I, what was his name? Yeah, I, for, I forget. He played college uh, ball like at Liberty. He played at Liberty. I can't uh, remember his name. He's kind of the Joe he's kind of like the new age, you know, where they run or throw. Yeah, but neither one's to play it through. It was Joe Milton, if, they, it, if no, Milton's already he got trapped last year, right? No, that was a uh, hooker. No, no Joe Milton. Yeah, Joe <laughs> yeah, Milton. that was a hooker. There, there's yeah. no way. That, I mean, the, the Patriots have to take a quarterback at three. I mean, I no Mac is not. He hasn't been the answer for three years. What? They, I mean, I would. And, think, and the I, other thing to think Daniel, about, Steve, Steve, when teams when teams make these coaching changes, new coaches and especially new offensive coordinators, they want their own guy. They want their own quarterback. Yeah. They will clean shots. And it's, they and don't it's, care where someone. They worth, don't care where. Someone so don't you think? Don't you think? Don't you think Gerard and Alex are going to want their own new quarterback to work with? Yeah, exactly. And they're yeah, going to take him in this draft. Exactly. And it's it's, it's worth noting too that Alex Alex Van Pelt is also a former quarterback, so you know he specializes in working with quarterbacks. Yeah, it's going to be. I'm, so, I'm telling you right now. Yeah, hey, read all you want to. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be Jaden Daniels from LSU. That's who it's going to yeah, be, the high trophy it guy. That's who it's it going to be. Steve, just in case. Because we Caleb, Williams, Caleb, Williams, Caleb Williams is going to go first. Then the kid from North Carolina is going to go second. He's going to be a bust. He ain't going to do nothing. Trubisky, but he'll go second. Because he, he's, a, he's a big, big, tall, white quarterback that sticks in the pocket for the most part. So, that looks good to a lot of teams. And then New England will take Daniels, and it will be the steal of the draft. He'll be the nice. best quarterback out of this draft. They have to take a quarterback. Yeah. I, I, I really do hope it's Daniels because uh, ju- just, uh, just from what I – just looking at, looking at the numbers – uh, I mean, obvi- obviously, you know, it's easy to just go based off of numbers, but I mean, he had probably the biggest improvement out of any quarterback this year uh, well, in the top three. He's, he's he's from the SEC. That's my home. So I, I see yeah. these guys in the SEC. He's battles for real. Yeah. He, battles he is for real. And that's why I'm battle. telling you, Bo Nix is a Bo Nix is a fraud. He sucked it all. Yeah. And he left to transfer to Oregon. He got in a great system out there under a great coach, 
and he looks like he's a superstar. But I saw him at Auburn. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. But yes. Jay I mean, Daniels, Jay Daniels is for real. SEC every every week's a battle. Those guys are war. They're battle tested. He's ready to go in front time right away. Plug and play him. Yep. He can win nine games, ten, ten games next year. Mayo first year. I mean, no brainer. You got to take Daniels. I agree. I agree. If they don't, if they don't take Daniels. The only other possibility is <laughs> panic, panic that, that they got a trade in the works. They got a trade in the works for somebody like Josh Fields, and at three they take Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh yeah, bingo. That yeah. would be yeah. my other preferred option if they have a trade in the works because Justin Fields supposedly, uh, supposedly they're looking for a second or third round pick for Fields. If you can land Fields, take Marvin Harrison Jr. with the number three pick. There you go. Ohio State combo. I yep. would prefer Dan. We're talking this late, but... it, and, it, and it's 12 p.m. Can we can we extend the, the show until 1 a.m. Yeah. or not? Another hour? <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, I wish. <laughs> I can't I can't do that tonight because I I got in trouble last night because we're I'm, I'm hosting a. Uh, a online game in, in our other whispers groups uh, for a survivor game. And I ended up on a three-way call with a couple of the players last uh-huh. night till 5 a.m. So I'm in the doghouse. So I can't do that again tonight. Well, well, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Jim, Jim, the other guy yeah. know about this, but uh, I do, I'm of course doing a uh, Super Bowl pregame of my own uh, next Saturday from uh well, for you, I think it's uh, three to five with me as four to six. So hopefully, uh, you can join in. Okay, um, I'll tell you what. Get Steve uh, to send me a reminder, and maybe we can both join you. All right. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll, send, I'll send Jim a reminder. And, uh, and, and hey, and, and maybe maybe we drag Alex's ass with us. Who knows? Oh, Alex is a regular <laughs> on the show. Alex is a regular. <laughs> oh, okay. I've been on the All block, right. Steve. I'll be there. Okay. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just All right. Yeah. Uh, just uh, yeah. Get 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 Steve get Steve to to stay on me. He's kind of like he kind of keeps me going with everything. He reminds me of, of what I got going this day and that day and and what and what all. So yeah. just uh, you know, shoot him an email, text or whatever, and say don't forget. You know, remind Jim about Saturday and and and, and both right. of y'all come on. All right, three to five for you, four to six for me. Okay, I think all right. Five, right? That's 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 a good. That's actually a good time for me. You are three to five, right? It's uh, yeah, I'm central right now. It's almost eleven. Okay. I, I got like four minutes oh, left till we're through here. Yeah. Okay. So Steve, that's up to you to remind me. <laughs> yep, I'll, I'll I'll make a uh, I'll make a note. Steve, make a note. Yeah, do like I do. I put it I put it on my phone on my Google Calendar. <laughs> That's the only way I remember okay. stuff. <laughs> but we're we're down to about three minutes, guys. So uh, it's been a great show tonight. I, I had fun hanging out with you. You always make me smarter listening to what you guys think. You bring up stuff yeah. that I didn't think about, so um, yeah, it's been fun, and uh, I'll try to I'll try to do it 
maybe we'll do it right after the Super Bowl and we can uh, go back over and analyze what went right and what went wrong for those two teams. Yeah. There you go. Always great. Always great. Yeah. Thanks, man. By the way, by the way, by the way, just to just to note. Uh, now, granted, it's, this is a video game, but uh, the Madden simulation does predict that San Francisco will be uh, will beat Kansas City, and Kardashian will score too. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I mean, it's, it's, granted, it's just a video game, but uh, and also the the game winning the game winning play will come off will come off of a uh, former teammate of uh, Pat Mahomes uh, in Chavarius Ward, who had won the Super yeah, Bowl. Uh, I think it was I think it was Mahomes' first Super Bowl that he won. Uh, that wow. Ward was on the team for. So, I, it should yeah. be interesting. In the- yeah, anybody real quick, we got two minutes. Anybody real quick, I know somebody had the spread. Uh, did Did you see the over-under? What, anybody know what the over-under is? Hold on, I got it right here. I'm on CBS Sportsline. Uh, I pay like 20 months. Yeah. It's uh, the spread's 47.5. How much? Ooh, forty-seven point five, forty-seven and a half. So over forty-eight, under forty-eight. My first thought is yeah, it's going it's, over uh, that. And, and the spread is now two and a half for San Francisco, as well. Okay, so money, money is going on San Francisco. Yeah. Yep, yep that's what it looks like. Back. Money <laughs> line is minus one twenty-seven. Okay, I think I'd go over on the points. I still don't know what I'd do on the on the spread yet, but I think I'd go he, over on the points. Yeah, and as far like as the matchup uh, for ESPN, ESPN is predicting sixty to forty percent for uh, for mm-hmm. San Francisco. Yeah, let let them try to beat Mahomes and Reed. <laughs> that's, that's the number that talks. That's the number that talks. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.